For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Lots and lots and lots of different stories making the papers today. There's one of them, though, that's actually uh, attached to a documentary that airs tonight on RTE1. It's called A Young Traveller Lost. It'll be broadcast tonight at half past nine. I mention it first for fear that it will get lost in the mix because the uh, President of Ireland, Michael D. Higgins, says that this documentary into into the bullying of a young traveller lad by the name of Patrick and all of the secrets of his bullying that he took to the grave should be shown in every single secondary and primary school in Ireland. It's apparently a powerful documentary. After the lad died, um, his his family recorded uh, quite an amount of the anguish and the aftermath and the torment and the upset um, and the sadness in the lives following his departure. He was 12 years old, took his own life. He was constantly bullied. Um, they were completely unaware of it because they weren't all that tech-savvy or phone-savvy, but they did discover his phone afterwards and his tablet and his laptop and, and things like that. And the poor misfortunate lad, uh, soon before his death, had actually deleted all his social media apps. He deleted Snapchat, he deleted TikTok, he deleted, uh, you know, WhatsApp groups, he deleted Instagram, everything, because he was just getting awful abuse that ultimately led to him uh, taking his own life at the age of 12. So that's on that's on uh, RT tonight at 9.35. Um, I just mentioned that it's it's not a lead story in any of the papers this morning. It possibly should be. Uh, Michael D., all our schools should show this haunting documentary of this lad on suicide. Um, the president said he was moved in a way that's actually hard to describe. Awfully sad. In other stories this morning, well, the weather does dominate the front of the mail today. Get your winter woolies. The temperatures are due to plummet with sleet and snow possible. I wonder what, I wonder what are the odds now? What day is today? It's like the back end of November, the 27th. What would the odds be on a, on a white Christmas or getting snow Christmas week or indeed Christmas Eve night or waking up to it in Christmas morning? Uh, good news for Leaside yesterday. The work on McCurtain Street finished and we had the big opening ceremony on Saturday with Michal Martin there and the Lord Mayor Kieran McCarthy. Uh, the place looks absolutely shiny uh, as if it wasn't good as it was because the um, this is a lovely retrofit for the street and the streets around it but it's just another kind of feather in the cap of um, McCurtain Street or as they call it now uh, the V Quarter uh, you know the amazing transition there in the last uh, five to ten years it really has become a massive hub all on its own so it's a new era for the city uh, upwards and onwards but the big story of course over the, the weekend was Emily Hand back in the arms of her dad and her family and it's the front page of all of the papers today in safe hands is the front page of making the mirror today uh, she came back to us and the dad's joy at the reunion is the front of this morning's uh, son this morning uh, hugs uh, you see her running across the floor into her dad's arm it was arms it was a fantastic little video clip M- mind you and she's one of um, a number of hostages that have been swapped between Israel and uh, and uh, Palestinian Hamas. Papers this morning, though, do talk about uh, Leah Varadkar. I can't help but think myself, notwithstanding that both sides are suffering and hurting, that um, it's become quite petty now, the use of words. I think most people knew what the Taoiseach, uh, Leah Varadkar, meant when he said she was lost and now she's found. Some might speculate, actually, that it could well have been the story of the biblical passage in the, in the prodigal son, although the Israelis and the foreign minister are saying, well, you know, the, the prodigal son, he legged it, spent all his money and came back to dad again and was forgiven. It has no comparison between that and the story of Emily Hand. She was never lost. 
In fact, the Israelis are saying that uh, Leo Varadkar needs um, a reality check, that he's lost his moral compass. Emily Hand was not lost. She was kidnapped by a terror organisation worse than ISIS that murdered her stepmother. Uh, so that led then to uh, Leo Varadkar having to come out and say um, that um, he was sure that most people understood the meaning of his words. It's really good news that Emily's been released and she's now at home with her family. The Irish government worked very hard with the Qatari, the Egyptian, the Israeli authorities and the Red Cross to press for her release. So he, he says, I've always been consistent in my unequivocal condemnation of Hamas and hostage taking. Uh, but of course, the Israelis and the Israeli foreign minister, Eli Cohen, has called in uh, the Irish ambassador, not just the Irish ambassador. There's a few other Irish other ambassadors being, being called in today and tomorrow to get a dressing down from the Israeli government. Meanwhile, after the events of the back end of last week in Dublin on Thursday night, uh, the Mail this morning is saying that new facial recognition measures will help to take on the rioters, or anyone for that matter, who's breaking the law. And the question has to be asked again, and I get it with regards to you know civil liberties and GDPR and privacy and about being able to go about your business uh, without feeling as if there's Big Brother or cameras watching you. Why would anybody have a problem with any of that if you weren't breaking the law? So they're going to swiftly now pass legislation uh, where facial recognition technology will quickly identify uh, Dublin writers. They use all of the different CCTV cameras and then some probably put an awful lot more cameras into. I mean, not just Dublin, for God's sake, but maybe Cork or Waterford or Galway or Limerick or other main towns and cities like that. And then facial tracking recognition would be able to track who they are, particularly if they have previous interaction uh, with the boys and girls in blue. Uh, so friends and family now apparently are shopping the rioters themselves. It's an inside page story making the, the mirror today where they're saying thugs who took part in the Dublin riots are being shopped to Gardaí by their own family and their own friends. Uh, and of course, what was the big part of what went on on uh, you know Thursday night? Looting, uh, destroying businesses, breaking into Arnott's, robbing Nike footwear and footlocker and, and things like that. So um, officers are beginning the CCTV trawl and while that's happening, family and friends are shopping some of the terrorists. And it's also reported, sorry, some of the writers, it's also reported in the, in the papers this morning that the suspect who's got an armed guard or is under protection in hospital because they have reported credible threats against him. Uh, but the Mirror this morning says that that suspect uh, for the Dublin crash knife attacks may have suffered serious brain injuries in the alleged incident. And that's the story that makes the inside pages of this morning's Mirror. Now, uh, I'll be coming back to that because they on, on Friday morning, we had an awful lot of phone calls regarding the events of Thursday night and huge amounts of texts and emails. I want to do justice to everybody as much as I can listen to this program and, and get some more of them on the air again this morning. But you could set your watch to the different alarms, right, and alerts that go out at different times of the year. In the summertime, it's um, usually that there's a shortage of flakes for the 99s. And then other times we hear that there's not enough sun cream to go around or, you know, they won't be able to go on your holidays because there's not enough flight. And at Christmas time, then, it's things like the turkey... Or you won't be able to get cranberry sauce, or you won't be able to get this, that, and, 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 or certain toys and things like that. Well, there's a, there's a lot of them making the papers this morning. One is that they're saying that Christmas tree growers have stepped up security because they're being robbed. That's a news story, isn't it? No, it's not. It's every year. They talk about the robbing. Uh, they say that they're putting, even these criminals now put up drones to go in and check how many Christmas trees are in different plantations and then go rob them. But they are saying that they will. <laughs> I mean, like, 
don't want to be putting the fear of God into everybody. There's plenty of spuds around for Christmas time. But the sun is suggesting that Ireland is facing a Christmas spud shortage after this year's crop was hit by bad weather. Go into any supermarket anywhere. Pick any of them. It could be a Duns or a Tesco or a Lidl or an Aldi or a Super Value. You'll be falling over the aisles of spuds that are in there. So I don't know where that one's coming from. But there is a threat now to ruin the Christmas dinner. They do it. So the idiots like me will read the mountain paper reviews on the newspapers. But it certainly looks as if, hand up lads, I don't watch the toy show. No particular interest in the toy show. Haven't watched it since Gay Byrne did it. But that's none of your concern. But by all accounts, Patrick Keelty only went and nailed it on Friday night. Apparently even those, including in my home, where my daughter would be a huge Ryan Tuberty fan, begrudgingly admitted or agreed that Teal- Keelty did a bang-up job, in fairness. Now, I didn't see it. Uh, Kevin did. Seamus fell asleep. Not quite, <laughs> not quite sure what Claire did. But I know he sat down to watch it and two hours later he woke up for the credits at the end. But you have a bit of audio for me this morning, my friend. I do. Uh, this is uh, Shamey from County Clare. He kind of stole the show. There's always one kid every year in the toy show that kind of steals the show. Like, people remember John Joe with his clocks years ago. No, we, we, take we, a word for You don't remember John Joe with the no, clocks? I no, mean, like, like, He used to love when making clocks. Uh, it's okay. What was, what, was, what was... He's got his headphones on. He's woken up. Yeah. What was so great about it this year? Uh, no, he's, uh, he's, he's struggling to hear us there, I think. But... Um, no, he's. I, I think the thing is this year they kind of toned it down a little bit. Like I think they, there wasn't the big competitions, there wasn't the massive guest appearances, there wasn't the Ed Sheeran didn't come out with a guitar. No, Ed Sheeran didn't come out with a guitar. Although he was in Dublin for the fight, so there's no reason why he couldn't. Wolf Jones didn't come out and do up the rap. <laughs> I was really hoping that would happen. To be honest, I I was really hoping I'd see Brian Warfield out there. Yeah, no. It was just it kind of brought it back to the to the basics of kind of what makes it great, which is the kids themselves. And and Shamey is a great example of that. I think. All right, let's have an aged. And so we decided to send some cool Lego with you back down to County Clare, and and you should have built some of this, haven't you? Yeah. With your family, tell us who helped you build all of this. Sure, my granny barely even let me bring that one up. Sure. <laughs> She wasn't even sure about letting that out of the house. Yeah, she she let me bring it up to my own house. She won't let me bring it up to my own house, but she let me bring it up to the big smokes. <laughs> so she let you bring that up to the big smokes and then down in the sticks then, uh, who helped you build the rest of this? Um, my uncle Ed and he had to take a Lego day off work. <laughs> And where does he work? Well, Patrick, I don't want to be saying something like that now because I, I, I don't want to be getting him in trouble. No. No. No, I know what you mean. Did he, did he take one day off or did he take two days off? Two days off. He took two days off. <laughs> he did a I, fair job, didn't he? I had to take um, one day off myself for school. <laughs> You're letting all the secrets out of the bag tonight, Jamie. This is the one what he made and... To be... What? It took him two days to build that? Yeah. And that took him one day. Okay. And then uh, these toys here, these are... uh, These are concrete block years. Your daddy daddy builds blocks, does he? Yeah. Yeah? And uh, what would you like to do when you grow up? Be a block there, but my granddad always says, 
What do you want to be in your group? And I say a block layer, a block layer. That's awful hard work. Get a job that you're passionate about, like a postman or a garden. <laughs> and, and so are you going to be a postman or a garden or are you still going to be a block worker? Well, I say to him, that you're George chance to pick what you wanted to be so let me have mine. And stay. The, keep with the idea of being a block player. There's plenty of money in it, I can tell you that. You'll be calling the shots yourself. That's Jamie, whose uncle had to take a Lego day off work. <laughs> Love it. Uh, thank you so much. Um, Kevin shared with me a post actually overnight of um, the celebrations tub, which would be the cheaper one. I think you get change out of three euro or there, thereabouts for it. Uh, but he broke down exactly um, chocolate by chocolate by chocolate what exactly is available inside in the celebrations tub. I think it's an awful shame because the number one sweet in huge supply in there is the Milky Way. And who apart from children, small little children, eat the Milky Way? There's eight of them. Uh, there's only three of the lovely, really lovely galaxy chocolate. And then you got another three of the Galaxy Caramels. You could keep those all day long. So there's eight Milky Ways in there, for God's sake. There's seven Twixes, which probably isn't too bad. Seven Mars, uh, six Snickers, three of the Maltesers, Teasers, and only five Bounties. More likely to put eight of the Bounties and five of the Milky Ways. But they break them down this morning uh, as to what's exactly inside in the tub. Uh, but they've got very cheap, haven't they? You'd almost think that you wouldn't even be able to buy the plastic tub for that kind of money. But there is an advert uh, that has really and truly gone totally, totally viral. And I'll tell you a little bit more about it throughout the course of the morning because I want to talk to the good people up in Enniskillen behind it as well. I've just sh- I shared it over the weekend on my Twitter page and something like two and a half million people viewed it and it's been shared all over the place. In fact, now they're telling me that it's been viewed three million times. There's hundreds of comments and two and a half thousand retreats and 12,000 likes. And it is the most beautiful video that was filmed on an iPhone and cost something in the region of, uh, I don't know, six or 700 euro to actually make it. But it would put the ads from John Lewis to shame. So made on an iPhone by a pub above in Enniskillen. Uh, it's kind of a, and it's making the papers as well this morning. I'm reading it in the UK Times. It's um, a lonely elderly man who goes off on his scove of a morning, takes a bouquet of flowers to the graveyard. I'd say he was bringing it to his late wife. And then he's wandering down the street and he's lonely. And he's kind of being ignored by people as he's going about his walk. And then he befriends a young couple and their dog. I won't spoil it for you. Uh, it's up on my Instagram this morning. If you want to look at my Instagram page this morning, the whole video is about two minutes. It's one of the most fabulous videos I've ever seen. And the hook on it is, there are no strangers here, only friends you haven't met yet. And it was put up by Charlie's Bar, the oldest family pub in the county of Fermanagh town of Enniskillen. And I want to go live there right now before the morning gets away from me to Una Burns, who's the manager of Charlie's. Una, good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much. It for is me. the most beautiful video. It's just, it would put, as I'm saying on my own Instagram, it would put John Lewis to shame. <laughs> to even see that on headlines is just completely mad. I always look forward to seeing the John Lewis advert. So the fact that people are saying that is just phenomenal. Well, you're the pub that has stolen Christmas anyway with regards to the most <laughs> moving piece of video. Tell us all about it, will you? Um, so I, we would share videos a lot on our social media, but they're usually of a light-hearted nature. And one of my friends spoke to me and said, would you not consider doing a Christmas advert? So I was thinking that day, I just couldn't get it out of my head. And to me, the important thing was to reflect what Charlie's is as a pub. And anybody that's been in our bar will tell you that's exactly what happens. And I suppose from working in the pub over the years and working on Christmas Day, we see maybe more than most the loneliness and the 
you know, how it can be such a hard time and a tough time for so many people. And I wanted that message to come across in the video um, and really for it to kind of stir up some emotion when people watched it. So I came out with, I knew what I wanted it to be. I knew what, it want, what I wanted it to look like. And so I reached out to Aoife Teague, who I got to film it and edit it. Because Aoife, I to be on Aoife is, is kind of a whiz on these kind of things. Is she? She's good at tech and marketing and putting stuff, videos like that together. Yes, she's helped us before on a St. Patrick's Day video. So I knew she was a woman for the job and it allowed me to stand back and just see what was actually being taken. Um, but she was great and um, I suppose it was a complete team effort between everybody to get the result. But we never in our wildest dreams expected this response. I don't want to give too much of it away because I want to encourage more and more people to, to watch it. But the players in this... Um, the elderly gentleman Martin McManus is he like is he yeah. a regular is he an Enniskillen man he's a Fermanagh man he's actually not a regular of ours and he's not even an Enniskillen man and that was a conscious decision that I made I didn't want it to be somebody that was I well see known. so you got yourself an amateur actor to play yeah that makes sense yeah. exactly yeah. yeah the others are no one in Enniskillen and would be in the bar but I just thought it can take away or distract from the message if everyone recognised the main actor so without giving too much away, he plays the part of a lonely elderly man, of course. Um, yeah. And, and it's the importance of reaching out and chatting with someone. And it's all done, of course, with the instigation of a small little doggy who makes the first move as he's sitting in the pub on his own having his pint of stout, right? Yeah. Um, and I suppose the the whole theme of it was there's no fr- there's no strangers here, only friends you haven't met yet, and that's like our slogan. It's on the side of our gable ward, and that was always in my head. Um, but we had made the decision as well for him to drink Guinness Zero and not Guinness because we didn't want it being connected that loneliness coming around your sorrows. It was more about the social aspect. I know that. I couldn't help but I know that you mentioned that. I wonder, do we overthink things now anyway? Maybe that's for another conversation. He's as entitled to anyone to have a pint of stuff. But I I get what you're saying in the times we live in. But little Missy the dog steals the show big time. Is is Missy, is Missy, is she an Enniskin and dog? She is. That's actually the couple that are in it. It's their dog and she would be in the bar. So I was familiar with the couple and with the dog. So I just knew they were the right the right people. It's astonishing the amount of views though, isn't it? It's absolutely mental. Like I don't we don't have Twitter and I think it was trending over there. People were telling me it was on seven million views and sending me screenshots. It's just it's gone completely crazy. But I think it's such a simple message and everyone can relate to it. You don't need to be in Enniskillen. You don't need to know the pub for you to take something away from that video. Well, I was in Enniskillen about six weeks ago. I wasn't in your pub. I stayed up there for uh-huh. the weekend. I have to say, the most beautiful town and the kindest, most beautiful people. A lot, of, a lot like Cork people, actually. Very sociable, very friendly, yeah. very funny, up for a bit of crack. We're very similar in many regards. I was remarking on that some weeks ago. So it's a beautiful, beautiful town you have there. It really is. It is. And I think that it reflects the people. That is the case. And actually, I would hope that if an elderly person did walk down the street, that they would get an interaction. And I'm very confident that they would. That was really just, a, you know, scripted for the video. Just oh, because we're all probably guilty of it, being on our phones and looking at maybe TikTok videos and you don't maybe look up. And there could be somebody walking past that just a little smile or hello would go a long way. Even John Lewis themselves have tweeted you back. Are you aware of that? I know, again, somebody had sent it to me uh, last night and I just couldn't believe it. It's, 
and fair play to them, you know, they, I think they had all, already sat the scene for a Christmas advert. See, and I, I think I think they're I think they're kind of like accepting defeat with this one. <laughs> I'm scared for next year now, 2024. What was That's the say? problem. You'll have to raise the bar. Tell us a little bit about Charlie's, though. Is it an old pub? So um, it was my granda's initially. They established it in 1944. And then um, my dad bought it off granda. And now I'm in the premises. So we're um, celebrating 80 years in business next year. And we're in our third generation. And uh, did I read or one of the lads here told me at the weekend, you stay open Christmas Day. Is that right? Why is that? Yeah, so me and my father do that in the morning. We and that was all, and then we open again in the evening. And we've had comments over the years. I remember, like there was four children in our house, and people would have made comments to dad as to why do you need to be open on Christmas Day? Would you not take at least one day off a year? And he always said it wasn't anything about the money or being open. It was just about giving people a place to be on Christmas Day that maybe don't have anywhere else to be or have. Like we might be the only people to see that day, and they're going back to an empty house. And we were laughing in our in our family because there was one year actually Dad landed home to the Christmas dinner table with a customer. Um, <laughs> so, but it's just that that you know giving people somewhere to be if they maybe don't have like anywhere else, and I think that's really important. And it's actually a lovely tradition that we always do it as a family on Christmas Day. Yeah, I know it really is lovely to be thinking about people, and that's what the video does. I mean, awful lot of people calling in for the first time. I'd say maybe you might get a lot of. Uh, passing tourists maybe not necessarily yeah. the lead up to Christmas but you're on the map big time now I know we even had people in on Saturday we only put it up at 7 o'clock on Friday and on Saturday I was working and there were people in that had seen the video and had come because of the video and it's funny there was one couple and they were actually drinking hot whiskeys and standing in the place that the couple actually were so it's just funny I mean, you just sometimes you put a video out and you don't know what reaction is going oh, to get. It's fabulous. Go with it I want everybody to watch it. Work. Oh my God, it's just gorgeous. Listen, when I was up there a week, about five or six weeks ago, I got the most fabulous black bacon in a very famous butcher's. Oh, yes. Cam- What's the name of that butcher's again? Doherty's. Doherty's. Oh my yes. God. It was it's absolutely great. magnificent. Beautiful. You'll have to get another trip down soon. <laughs> Okay. This is giving you a good excuse. Oh, listen! There's lots more to do and see up there. And uh, I got exactly. out onto I got out onto the lakes. I took the the lake the lock taxi as well. Um, is oh, there, very a, good. Uh, I don't know. It's a kind of lockerrandtaxi dot com or something. It was fabulous. Uh-huh. Anyway, listen. It's a it's fabulous to catch up with you. Congratulations! You're on a winner with that. I don't know. Are there Os- are there Oscar awards for things like this? <laughs> if there are. I don't- you deserve the Oscar for it. Well done. Happy Thanks Christmas to all of you. Thanks so much for taking the Likewise. call. Well done. Thank you very much. Mind bye yourself, bye. Una. Take care. Cheers. Una Burns, the manager of Charlie's Bar in Enniskill. And all I can say is go and look at it yourself. You will absolutely love it. It's beautiful. Imagine you can do things now in this day and age on an iPhone or a smartphone for €700 Euro that years ago, not too many years ago, would have cost tens and tens and tens of thousands of euro to make perhaps even millions uh, but it's amazing how the world has changed you've got people now really really tech savvy and that's what they do they're creators they're people who actually make videos like that uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's all about marketing businesses it can be done much cheaper it gets me thinking out loud actually because in Charlie's in the video there's a big open fire I'd love to know and we might just maybe tease this out over the next couple of days how many pubs now in Cork say across the city the suburbs and the county 
actually have an open fire in the winter time. So text on that if your local has an open fire and we can give shout outs to pubs with old fashioned fires. I'm not talking about the gas ones now or the faker ones or the uh, maquilla ones, the real ones with coal or maybe <laughs> it's against the law, I know, burning timber or turf. Text 0868104106. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, a lot of pushback from uh, Friday's programme with regards to uh, particularly me and um, I think to maybe to a lesser extent to some callers, but I see a lot of people saying that I was totally and utterly misreading the room on Friday by not seeing that the uh, state that Ireland finds itself in now with pretty much an open border policy is the reason why people are so angry and why what happened on Thursday happened. I I still remain to be convinced, I have to say, I I mean, I'm, I'm not changing my mind on this. I still believe that this has really very little to do. I think it was somewhat opportunistic of people to go in. I, I fail to see why people don't see more of it. Um, that people went in on the Thursday night just to rob and to, lo- loose, to loot and to cause mayhem. Uh, but people are saying, I'm not, I'm not getting it. Um, stop cutting people off when they try to make a valid point. We know the writing was a disgrace. The woman is correct. Let her talk. You're shutting her down all of the time. You're a terrible interviewer. She's 100% right and others like it. You're misreading the room. It's a terrible attempt on your behalf. Where do you think the right comes from, for God's sake? They rise when the will of the people is ignored. Uh, you're as bad as Sinn Féin for changing like the wind. I'm not changing like the wind. I do understand that people have a right to protest and that people are angry. I get all of that and I'm amongst them because I think we cannot do any more uh, and we really need to do something to make this country of ours safer. Uh, but I do still think that a lot of what happened on Thursday night had nothing to do with that aspect and it had to do with looting and rampage and robbing. Uh, but anyway, your blatant disrespect for victims by turning your show into the big bad far right is atrocious and you're making an already angry country even more angry. Uh, There's blood on all the hands of anybody who spins this far-right nonsense. We warned and warned and warned that something like this was coming, and even when proven right, we were told we were wrong. You're a disgrace to the country and its people. Uh, You clearly have an agenda. I thought you needed to be balanced. I'm not hearing it. Well, I am balanced. If somebody says to me that it had to do with people being disquieted about migration or immigration into Ireland, and I'm saying I think it actually had more to do with looting and robbing, that is balance. Uh, The guard has spoken spokesman on the air with you made a comment when speaking uh, that there that uh, that was telling but quite seem, but many seem to think it went unnoticed he said that the incident was not a terror attack and was confined and that it had nothing to do with what happened in this country uh, so what do you think he meant by with what's happening in this country uh, says john well, I think what he was saying was this was an opportunistic looting and robbing and thuggery. Uh, this isn't the first country to have riots. We see it in France, Holland, Spain. What people are saying and what happens to start these riots are bad decisions by government. Anger creates more anger. The connection between rioting and the stabbing is anger that has been coming from bad and disrespectful decisions by government. Look this up. It's the same across European countries in the last few years. Nothing new here. I can see country by country by country leaving the European Union because this open-door policy is not working. Uh, Keep them coming, and there are many of them. I've calls as well, lots to get through, but I just want to go back briefly, actually, because it raises the point about Charlie's Bar up in in Enniskillen opening uh, on Christmas morning. 
Yeah. Uh, and you know of other places that open on, on Christmas morning for a few hours. Not necessarily pubs, though, but I do know of, like, hotels do. Um, I know that some toy shops used to before. People might have been short of a toy that Santi brought that might have been damaged or, or batteries or things like that. Penny dinners places like that um, restaurants here and there do as well but for people who might be very very lonely on Christmas morning the suggestion and Charlie's Bar do it they open for a few hours on Christmas morning John good morning happy Christmas and all that and, and all that did you um, did you watch the video I did indeed you like it um, yeah it's a lovely it's a lovely episode and um, I know it was staged you know, the whole lot like, but I mean there's a message in it and the message in it that I get from it and I've thought about this a long time over many Christmases now because what I observe out there with people and speaking to people near right, there's an awful lot of loneliness, I mean, around Christmas time, right? They've actually, you've had some callers on here lately who have highlighted that as well. Mm. And people actually dread this time of year and they dread that one day. Okay, it's only 24 hours, right? but at the same time, it's like torture to some people. Like, I mean, they will tell you that if you, if, when they open up to you, right? And Paddy O'Brien says it all of the time. It's it's one of the does, worst yeah, days of the year for Pad, some. Pad, Paddy is the greatest champion that the man should, there should be a statue put up to Paddy while he's still alive. Yeah. Now, the thing is that um, on the day, I mean, people dread it, as they say. And I, I will probably be battered from this now by some quarters, but... I believe it's time. The Good Friday is gone. The pubs are now open. The sky didn't fall in. You know what I mean? The Lord didn't swipe us all because we opened the pubs on Good Friday. No, but if you were open Christmas morning, would people go home for the dinner, you know? Well, look, you see, the thing is, if people are going to say that the dad will stay in the pub all day, if he's a kind of a guy that will do that, he's doing that anyway, probably every weekend, and he's a crap dad anyway, right? So... What about the people that just? You want wouldn't to want to be giving them any more encouragement, though, if he's that kind of a dad. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, but the, it, but the, the people I'm trying to get at is the people like I mean that are just look they're lonely. For life can be cruel because for some myriad of reasons, people end up on their own through divorce, broken marriages, like I mean mental health problems. It could be widowed, yeah, or widowers it for that could matter. Be widowed, whatever, like I mean, or, you know, looking after aged parents, and then by the time the parents pass on, you're left on your own or something. So there's a myriad of reasons reasons why people end up on their own and they dread that day and I don't think the sky just like Good Friday would fall in if we open the pub look it's up to yourself you can go if you don't want to go if you want to observe it grand but allow the people that are lonely and the only family that some people have need are the people and their friends in the pub yeah yeah, that's the yeah. only family they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. Don't I don't know whether it will happen any time soon, though. Would it? But I don't think I don't think oh, the power I, of the I, Catholic I, Church would stop it, though, anymore. But I, I, I reckon, like, with less than ten years, I say it will happen. Maybe even less than five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Good and point. I, I, I would have not. I would have no problem with it anyway. Okay. No. Good point. Well made. Let's see if others agree so, or disagree on, on the basis of uh, loneliness. It's a tough day for people who wouldn't have a caller. Uh, one end of the year to the other and then Christmas Day will be the longest and loneliest of days uh, should the pubs open on Christmas morning. Uh, text 0868104106. Back to text in a few minutes time but here's a story from uh, across the weekend. Pat, good morning. Good morning, Nate. I, I did see something coming in on Friday. It might have been your good self for somebody else telling me that a, a dead horse was buried in a, in, a, in a graveyard. Can you fill in the, the blanks to that, please, if you don't mind? Yeah, I'd say it was Seamus. No, give you that information. It possibly, it to me. Yeah, yeah, it possibly yeah. was, yeah. And you did a bit of work on it then. What, what was going well, on there? No, I tell you, I came across the pony on, 
on Monday morning at around 5 to 6, let's say, yeah, around 5 to 6, on the Blarney side of Faggot Hill. To me, it looked like the animal was dumped outside the house. Now, I've come across a pair of ponies on the top of that road where you come out by the church in Cloheen several times. And I've rang the guards and they came down in fairness to them. Several times they've come down, three if not four times in the past six years going up and down that road. The guards came down to assist me to get him in off the road. Yeah. Right? right yeah. Because at that road it's pitch black and you can't see him. But that pony was always accompanied by another pony. But from what I could see on the road that morning, was the, po- the pony was, was lying there. There was blood, but there wasn't enough blood to assume that the pony was slaughtered or, or, or knocked down there. Or he, maybe hit I, by a car or a truck or something. Well, when I, when I rang around the Rotter Galba station, they said they were aware of it, and they, they were aware of the pony on the road, dead, and that they were awaiting the council to come and collect it. OK. Middle of the road, was it? It wasn't. It was thrown outside a house just... At the at the Blarney side of Faggot Hill, at the very bottom of the hill, the first cluster of houses you'd meet going up on the left there, mm-hmm. the pony was there outside the house. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the, the pony's head was turned wrong on, on, on his body and there was, there was blood on the ground, but not enough blood okay. on the ground to suggest that it happened there. So, and there was no debris of anything around it. So before we move on to the cemetery aspect of this, how, how long did the did the pony lie there? I don't know that. Yeah, oh, But you saw it there on Monday, this day last week? Yes, at 10 to 6 in the morning. Okay, all right. Okay, okay. Do you have anything to add before I talk to Martin? I haven't done it. That I was shocked to hear that the pony was removed by the, by the council and, and taken to um, a cemetery. Okay, that's fine. I, I, I was inside in that cemetery myself Monday bearing a friend of mine. And the pony went in before us in the morning. It's the most bizarre thing to do, though, isn't it? Bury Absolutely. a pony and consecrate a ground like that. I don't why, know. Why... why why was the council involved anyway to get rid of the pony? Why didn't they just bring some guy to collect the pony that, that you normally would have? But why a cemetery? Why a cemetery? Okay, thanks for that, Pat. Let's let's ask Thank Martin you. about those aspects okay. of it. Thank you. Let's join some more dots. Martin O'Sullivan. Martin, good morning. Good morning. Okay, so what do you know about it? Well, all I know is that the pony, there was an accident in, in the Blarney Road on, on Sunday night and the pony was collected Monday morning by someone and the pony was taken to the cemetery in Tower and buried there and there was a set con gentleman walking around the cemetery and he saw the, the pony being buried and he said to the fella, would you ever stop burying this pony in here? This is consecrated ground and he actually gave him one too good. Okay, like, okay. So who you, I... would ever, who in the right state of mind would bury a pony or any animal in a consecrated ground? Is it shocking? I rang the city council, they knew nothing about it. I rang the council in Blarney I'm waiting for an answer back. My God Almighty, what next, like? Um, was this... Oh, okay, so are you saying that the pony originally was hit by a, a vehicle, was it? Yeah. Okay, and that's how it died. And then, how, was it picked up by a digger or something? It was picked up by uh, someone that had a lorry taken to uh, the cemetery in Tower. Uh, and there was a so-called gentleman walking around the place. And then he said to the fellow digging, he said, are you burying uh, a pony? He said, yeah. He said, stop burying the pony till we get more information. And he said, no, I'm burying the pony. Right, okay. There were his and instructions they, to do his job and he was following that. Nah, oh, was, like, was it someone, down in a corner of the cemetery away from... Yeah, it's away it's down the corner. But someone in the council gave permission for this man to go in and bury a pony in consecrated grounds. How many more animals are buried in consecrated grounds 
owned by the city council. I mean, I rang the city hall, and the city hall was shocked to this carry on going on like. But did somebody I mean, tell you that they only put the horse, they buried the pony, um, only for a while? Is it for a few for a few hours for health and safety? What what does that mean? Personal health and safety has nothing to do with it. They have a depot in Blarney, the council. They could have put the pony in there and rang the, rang the authorities to collect the pony from there. So this this is unhuman to do what they don't like. This is ridiculous carry on. In the sense that it's disrespectful, is it? Yes, disrespectful. Is yes, it? indeed. Yeah, yeah. Well, we no, we, I mean, we didn't get any, we didn't get any response from them. To be quite honest with you, hang on a second. No. Yeah, we didn't get anything. We said to them, we've been contacted by listeners who witnessed the burial of a dead horse in consecrated ground yes. on Monday while visiting a dead relative's grave. Our listeners said yes. they witnessed a mini yes. digger burying yes. the corpse of a dead horse in Saint Senan's yes. graveyard and tower. Yes. Is this yes. normal practice for the council? Can you advise why this happened? Uh, kind regards. Uh, and that was Friday, and we got no response to that. And I, I spoke to the said gentleman that was walking there the other day, and he was up visiting his. Uh, his, his wife's grave and I have a lot of friends buried up there and I'm, I said to myself is this the carry on that the council are going to put on to now the city council know nothing about it so someone around the area either in Blarney get permission for the host to be buried there now there is a there is a place in Blarney that the council have they could put have the host in there for a few hours and collect them someone said to me I said to say, what does health and safety do with burying hosts in, in consecrated ground absolutely nothing indeed well that, so, that, that could have been the reason given when it was seen happening um, you know come up with some reason for it because you would think that this is very much um, the sanctuary of people who are laid to rest and their relatives and it would be only for the purpose of, of burying loved ones and people who've passed away it's, it's rather disrespectful that it would also be used as, as a dumping ground for dead animals and listen only for the men seeing it being held being done the hospital will be still there is it still there? Uh, no, I, I don't. No, it's not because I know two lads that are looking after that cemetery over there, and they do a beautiful job, and they stay there until that hospital is dug up again, right, and put into um, a lorry and taken away somewhere. But like they were even shocked; they knew nothing about it. So when they Someone discovered when they discovered that a horse had been buried in the cemetery, they dug the horse up. They dug the house up because there was a funeral that day and uh, when the funeral was over, they dug the house up and the said gentleman that was there all the morning in a bad state said, I'm staying here, he said, until this house has been taken out and put somewhere else. Well, fair play to him. And where did the horse end up then after all of that? I, I couldn't tell her. Hopefully not on someone's table. <laughs> no, but you know, seriously though, like, I mean, so, so, <laughs> I, some, I so, so Councillor buried it and is the graveyard officials dug it up? Uh, the same people, I think, that buried it, dug it up. The same people they, again. They, yeah, there was there was a funeral there that day, and after the funeral, the hospital was dug up and put into the back of a lorry and taken away somewhere. Okay, but Neil, so this is crazy. Carry on, like you know. Well, it raises the question: Is this the first time, or what else are they burying? And this yeah, is should yeah. be solely for the remains of our loved ones who are being laid exactly. to rest. Um, you know, exactly. uh, it's it's exactly. not it's also it isn't cheap to um, buy a grave it isn't cheap no. to open a grave I know recently no. with my father no. passing away it's uh, yes. it's seven it's 700 euro to have the grave yeah. open so people and invest an awful lot of money only, like myself you wouldn't like if a horse was buried where your father was laid to rest well, or anything like that I'd be very upset about it and people yes. should be very upset and, about and, it and there's a lot of people over in town and Bernie upset over this 
and Amanda was walking almost desperately upset over. And it's, it upset myself to think that there are people like this that would bury a horse in consecrated ground. Like, have a bit of, have a bit of respect for yourself and for the people that have buried there. Appreciate but it. Obviously, appreciate it, appreciate obviously it. these people had no respect okay. at all. All right. Anybody wants to answer the, add to this, text 0868 Hold on there, Ken. I'll come back after the break. The Voice of Cork. Neil Prendeville. Weekdays 9 to midday. Cork's Red FM. Okay, I do see some text coming in saying... Um, uh, I consider myself a very fair-minded person. Oh, no, hang on a second. Let me just stay with the uh, one regarding the horse. What on earth is the problem with burying the horse in the cemetery? It isn't a dumping ground for dead animals. They buried him. Animals deserve respect too. Call it as it is. I think the pony Neil had far more rights to be buried in consecrated grounds than most of the humans that have gone in there. I think that's quite disrespectful to anybody who might have somebody buried in a graveyard or indeed that one in Blarney. But anyway, Ken O'Flynn, Councillor Ken O'Flynn, um, any, any idea as to the reasons behind this? Did you manage to get an answer at all, I wonder, Ken? Uh, good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. Uh, Neil, I, I was contacted by some residents in Blarney telling me this, uh, and I have to admit, when I first heard it, I thought it was a, a prank. Um, and that's being honest with you, I just couldn't believe it. Uh, and when I made contact then with the some of the directors in Cork City Council, I was informed that it did happen. I was given the information that they were given at the time, which um, seems now to be incorrect. Uh, the information that I was given was that a horse... Um, had been struck by a car directly outside the cemetery, um, that there was a delay in the services to take the horse away and a decision was made by uh, a local area engineer that they would bury the horse in shallow ground. I, I don't believe any of this happened adjacent to the cemetery though. Uh, subsequently from speaking to people Neil um, and from look I don't blame the director of services with this information I think he was passing on the information he was given in fairness Um, but there seems to be a six and seven sort of uh, conversation going on between local engineers and and the directors Um, I was told later and it was confirmed to me by a number of people uh, in the Blarney area that the horse was struck somewhere around Faggot Hill yeah, and moved and, then, and then was moved then was moved all the way out to the cemetery in Tower um, which is considerable Can say, taking into consideration there's lots of lands in, in Blarney owned by Cork City Council that the horse could have been buried on until it was ready to be taken away and um, taken away properly by the by the by the right organisation um so look I have looked for for a full explanation for this for the next council meeting um I think I, I you know look let's be honest about it I know you're after getting a couple of texts there for people saying you know what's the big deal the big deal is it is consecrated ground I don't think I'd like if it was a family member of mine was buried in that in that graveyard to think that there was animals being buried there as no, well No you mean you get a funeral was, in the afternoon and a horse buried in the morning it's just beggar's belief you know it's hard correct. to imagine I mean I, I, it was deeply disrespectful, very, very badly thought out, and very. Um, look, it was extremely disrespectful though, to people that are friends and families in, in that. And why? Area. And why then was it dug up then afterwards? Well, typically when when a, when this happens in, and it does happen every now and again, you get a car that strikes strikes a horse, or a horse gets loose and a horse collapses, or there's other situations where horses have been left to die on roads as we know No I understand that but it was buried in the graveyard and then some hours later dug up again what, norm- what normally happens is that, and the correct term for this, so that, you know, don't anyone come after me for this, is the knackery comes out and takes the horse away and the horse is disposed of um, correctly um, I, as I understand that there was a delay that they 
council officials decided that in their wisdom that okay we have to get this horse off the road in case there's another accident in case, because it's blocking traffic it's a heavy it, that's a very very heavily used uh, hill being Faggot Hill the connecting to um, to that area. So bury the pony temporarily. Um, well, bury the pony temporarily was the t- decision taken. I wonder. Why the decision, I wonder. I wonder. Why the, I wonder. Well, look, why the decision was to move it all the way out to a graveyard? I just, I, it just beggars belief. Considering that there is an awful lot of scrubland and all that sort of stuff in Blarney, owned by Cork City Council, that if we were using a shallow grave to take a horse out. I can only go on the information I've okay. been given. Okay. One wonders uh, but, whether but City Council will apologise to the loved ones who well, are I, I, I hope. I hope they will. I hope they will. Yeah. And I have to say, I think whoever made this decision um, should ser- seriously be reprimanded. Okay. Much because obliged. It is serious. And there is a lot of people very upset about it. Okay. Thank there you, is Ken. a lot of people with family members upset. Thank you so Thank much, Councillor Ken O'Flynn. I'm awaiting a response from City Council. It'll be interesting to see what they say if and when they respond. Back after 10. Now. Show. Red FM. All right, the countdown to Christmas continues, and this week, in association with Hanley's of Cork, they have everything you need to make this Christmas truly special. And of course, the Hanley's Christmas shop is well and truly open now, and you can pop along there just off the uh, Insale Road roundabout. It's fabulous. They got all sorts of real and artificial trees and decorations and lights, indoor and outdoor lighting, and all of the baubles and little gifts that you might. It's just an, an, a bit like a, a winter wonderland of beauty in there in Hanley's. So we have uh, 300 euro Hanley's gift cards to give away every day this week. And we're thinking about this, you know, particularly with regards to after Charlie's Pub and the beautiful video that they have that's gone all over the world about kindness and giving to people and being, you know, people that might be a little bit lonely or isolated. That was the theme earlier on this morning with regards to remembering what the true meaning of Christmas is. So, the €300 Euro Handley's gift card every day this week, we want you to nominate someone that you think deserves it. It could be a friend, it could be a family member, it could be an organisation or a charity. So, nominate someone that you think deserves this €300 Euro Handley's gift card and tell us why. You can text 0868104106 on that one or you can email neil at Red fm.ie so 300 euro Hanley's gift cards all across the week so nominate who you think deserves it and why and if that weren't enough for you we had Trevor and Nanny Nelly in on Friday regarding the upcoming panto uh, and all things pantomime Jack and the Beanstalk at the Opera House and I have uh, family passes to give away for that this week so a family pass is four tickets to see Jack and the Beanstalk Jack and the Beanstalk at Cork Opera House and indeed Nanny Nelly was in studio so this one will be a cue to call right Anytime you hear me play the cue to call means you've got to get on the phone. Caller 9 will win a family pass for Jack and the Beanstalk at uh, the Opera House. So this is the cue to call. It's a little bit from my conversation on Friday morning with Nanny Nelly. So don't call just yet, but do have a listen. Hang on a second. Did you ever hear the likes of it? Hang on a second. No, that was the wrong line. Here we go. Magic beans. Did you ever hear the likes of it? <laughs> You know the story about Jack going off to the market with the cow and some swizzler, some scam artist, some fraudster takes the cow and gives him a fistful of beans that was held to pay when he went home. Magic beans! Did you ever hear the likes of it? So that's Nanny Nelly and the cue to call when you hear that again. And you will, uh, across the week, uh, pick up the phone, caller 9 on 0818 wins a family pass for uh, Jack and the Beanstalk at the Cork Opera House right across December and all the way in to January as well. We have calls, texts and comments after the break. Get it off your chest. 
Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106, Red FM. We'll take a few minutes to catch up on a lot of texts and emails. Uh, as you probably know, Neil, the Gardaí have now got a water cannon. It's uh, possibly one that came from the north. If this is the case, it's an utter disgrace. Another one here. You know that when they rush through the new hate speech bill, your job as a broadcaster is gone. While you're licking arses, don't forget about that. Leo will walk us into a war yet. It's ordinary people who will be hurt, not the elite. I am disgusted with the media. I'm happy to read that out, and I can tell that you're a a very unhappy person with regards to some aspects of Ireland 2023. But come back to me, please, and explain, just explain to me what you mean. You know, just come back and just develop the point you're you're kind of half making there. And I don't mean, I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way. I'm just keen to hear some more from you. Uh, Scientists are saying that facial recognition technology will not work on politicians because they're all two-faced, says Tony. Uh, I know people are against guns, but let's be honest, it's time to arm our guardie with guns. Proper training and psychological reports would be a must for safety. Sending them out with a stick is a joke in this day and age. Um, I, I'm not going to comment on many of these texts, but um, the one thing I sprung to mind when I heard one about arming the Gardaí, do you see the case that went on for over a week in the UK uh, following um, the London shootings where a member of the uh, Metropolitan Police was prosecuted and brought to court because while rushing to the scene, uh, I believe he, he crashed a guard vehicle. And the upshot was that the DPP in the UK prosecuted for him. Now, thank God the jury saw sense, a bit of common sense, and they threw the case out. Uh, but you'd wonder when guns come into the mix, um, that could lead to all sorts of investigations uh, for members of the force. I'm just throwing that out there. You deliberately don't get it, do you? The scumbags that looted on Thursday night are a spin-off of what started as an angry group disgusted at how our country has gone down the toilet. This distracts from the main thread of how the majority of the citizens of Ireland are sick of being treated like second-class citizens. Our kids can't get houses, but Pushka had a five-bedroom house, handed to him, never worked a day in his life. And they have zero respect for the kindness given, and they just take, take, take. That is a common scenario all over Ireland. People are fed up, tired of being ignored, and scared in our own towns and villages of who's stalking our streets. It's not unreasonable to expect that Ireland and its citizens are safe. And I, I don't disagree with any of that. I really and truly don't. And you're suggesting that the scumbags that looted were a spin-off of an earlier protest. Fair enough. I mean, I, I would go there. Um, but wouldn't you think that, pro, I mean, a protest really would be a gr- large group of citizens gathering Uh, chanting, you can have slogans, you can have banners, you can have flags, you can have all sorts of messages there. But you would stop short, though, in a protest, wouldn't you, of looting and thuggery, uh, or indeed um, isolating and beating up members of Angarda Shikana. Uh, what happened last week with those kids and that carer was unthinkable, but what happened after was unlawful. People took an opportunity in the midst of what happened. I knew myself that if the attacker was a non-Irish person that something like this would happen. It's sad, but that's the way it is now, says Lou in Tipperary. Typically, Neil mentioned everyone, even the person who engaged in the stabbing, except the innocents and their condition in hospital. That is so unfair. I mean, on numerous occasions, whether this morning or indeed on Friday's programme, over and over and over again, I did. Well, you said I didn't. Uh, want to know what's wrong with this country? The Gardaí who got a kicking in Dublin last Thursday is paid eight times less than Helen McEntee. 
How wrong is that, says Paddy. Morning. Warren Donoghue, an Irishman, was the first person to rush the knife attacker in Dublin last Thursday. He tackled him and disarmed him on his own. His name is Warren Donoghue. This has not been discussed in the media. Instead, the Brazilian food delivery rider is getting all of the credit. Why is this, I wonder? The Brazilian has nearly €400,000 raised on GoFundMe and poor Paddy has just over a 1000 that's 1,000 the last time I checked. 1,000 euro. Uh, why do we disrespect our own and make heroes of foreigners, says Sean in Douglas. I, I did see that over the weekend. I saw Warren Donahue's wife very upset about the fact that he was very instrumental himself, she said, in stopping uh, the stabbing and stopping what could have been uh, an awful lot worse but he doesn't seem to be getting any acknowledgement for it. Um, I think it was an act of disrespect as the government doesn't respect our people. Respect is earned not given in the sense of what happened on Thursday night was an act of disrespect. I don't agree with those saying that Neil was unbalanced on Friday. I thought you were spot on in everything you said. I don't want to be spot on in everything I say. I just want to be able to have the courage and convictions to stand over how I feel but thank you about that. Um, you were 100% right. There is no political agenda. There were just pure scumbags Looting. Uh, I bet when Foot Locker was looted, not n- not a single working boot was taken. So I, I saw one of those memes actually with regards to exactly that. Um, some of social cesspits um, are calling. Uh, actually, I won't. I won't go into that one because it's way too personal against individuals. Aren't here to to um, to uh, respond um, on facial recognition. Perhaps facial recognition at ports and airports would be a better place to start rather than facial recognition against Irish citizens. With facial recognition, Neil, hate speech would be brought in as well as COVID vaccinations, unless you want to be ostracised. And they, are very, and, and, they, and they were very close to making them mandatory vaccinations, remember, like they did in some countries. Anyone else think we're going to head into an Orwellian nightmare? These guys want to monitor you. They want to dose you. And they don't want to hear anything that you have to say. Wakey, wakey, people. The government points their finger and calls people far right when in fact it's them who are the far right. Fine Gael have a checkered past in that department. And one final one for now. Here we go again. Foreigner bashing. Words matter. And you should be very careful. So many people I've spoken to over the weekend have told me that they don't feel safe here anymore. They're talking of moving somewhere where they will be made feel more welcome. Um, What will happen to all of these big companies here that depend on all of the foreign labour who come and stay here if the foreign people are feeling like leaving? because they don't feel safe. Yes, and I know that some businesses as well on Friday that employ quite an amount of uh, overseas labour didn't even open uh, on uh, Friday because of um, apparently people that are not Irish but coming to live here are starting to get an awful lot more abuse by all accounts. Keep those coming. Text 0868104106. We're talking about Charlie's Bar earlier on this morning and the wonderful, wonderful video that's just gone all over the world. And it's just going to show that we need to be kind and that people will be lonely at Christmas and we should make an effort in that regard. And the ad is fabulous. If you haven't seen it, it's well worth a look. I've put it up. So it's just over two minutes long and I put the video up on my own Instagram page if you want to have a look at it. Then we got talking about whether or not pubs should open on Christmas morning for people who are alone and lonely and we got talking about loneliness and isolation. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868 106. Linda, good morning. Good morning. Are you dreading Christmas Day? Um, absolutely, yes. I'm dreading Christmas Are Day. you? Are you? All, will you be all alone? Yes. 
Yeah. And will it yeah. be will it be like your first Christmas alone, or has this happened in previous Christmases? Um, no, this will be my first one alone. Um, yeah, um, I've had would have had other family members involved, um, but this year it's just. I'm sorry for being so upset now, but. Um, yeah, I'm just going to be all on my own. Like, because you said in your text, I'm, I'm, you said in your text, I'm divorced and dreading Christmas. Yeah, dreading Christmas. Yeah, dreading, and like you, you, you already said. It's, uh, sorry about this. It's You're just right, twenty-four hours. You know, um, uh, like t- um, everything closes down. Um, Normally we we'd have coffee or whatever, and all of my friends think I'm going one thinks I'm going to the other, and the other thinks I'm going to the other, and I'm not. And have you said that to them? Have they said to you where are you going to be or who are you going to be with? Maybe they just don't know what your plans are. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. I suppose. Uh, or are you no, too proud to I, tell them? I or maybe pride, pride, Neil. I'm very proud. Right. And, um, yeah, it's just that I'm very proud. And um, I have my own home here to come back to. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be so... Um, so have you actually told your friends, because you're too proud to tell them the truth, that you're going to be with such and such a person on Christmas Day and you're having so, you're having Christmas dinner with Mary or with John or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, your... I haven't actually. And... Um, but you see, as I said to you, it's pride. And, yeah. um, and sometimes friends don't come. stop to think either, so they don't, because everybody's up to 90 and they're just thinking about their own little area, their own home and their plans. Exactly, exactly. And the other thing is, um, like, how would I say, um, everybody, one is going to one and one is going to the other. and uh, But nobody has actually 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 said to me would you like to join us or would you like to come or would you like to you know take part but having said that um, at the end of the day I'm probably very um, odd and uh, that I would prefer to be here on my own I don't know uh, would you though uh, you're very upset about the prospect you you know yeah I am, I am I'm very I am very upset about um, yeah yeah waking up at Christmas morning and I have my children not having you know. I, I won't go into that in too much detail if you don't mind that aspect of it. That's because, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, there are I other people involved that in that. I know. I know. I know. But have I you any plans at all made? Like, I mean, you are you gone? Did you buy gifts or presents, or will you get presents, or will you buy a bit of food for I Christmas Day? What presents to buy? I just don't have a present to buy. I don't have to buy presents for anybody at. Um, I hope nobody like vice versa. Sometimes, sorry about this. You don't want it. You know you're you're neither buying nor receiving this year. You think is it? We give we give gifts. Sorry, I missed that. No, sometimes we give we give gifts and people have have enough, or I have enough, and I do have enough. But um, oh, you're not short of anything except company. And are you working? Do you have work colleagues and things like that? No. And I, do you know what? The only thing I'm short of is, is turkey and ham, you know, in the sense of um, I won't be slicing, not, I'll be slicing nothing. Right. And then I, I could, 
from listening earlier on, I could I could nearly taste the turkey and ham, and it's just little piece of turkey, little piece of ham, little piece of stuff, like little pieces of uh, just a dinner, really, you know. Yeah, but nothing is like. Let, let I hope that you are with somebody on on Christmas Day. But even if you're not, don't you think it would be the right thing to maybe go out and buy a little turkey or buy a crown or a breast of turkey and put together a nice yeah, little dinner? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, it would like yeah. you know to make um, even if you I are have, alone, you I know. Have, um, I have uh, had lunch in the Redison. At Christmas at Edison Hotel, you were lovely, lovely. So, in previous time. years, you had Christmas dinner in the hotel, was it? Yeah. What was and that like? I, like, I've literally, oh, it's beautiful. I, and, and it's very uh, festive and everything. I've gone, like, I've literally gone away for weekends over Christmas uh, just to not be here. But, yeah. I, like, Where I else have you gone here. on Christmas Day in the last few years? I got to the bread with clarity. <laughs> and you check That's in and then you can well. have the Christmas dinner there. That's lovely as well, yeah. And you just sit, like I just sit in the lobby and watch, our uh, people watch. And it's sad then that I don't have family. Um, but I see other families and I see the kiddies and all their lovely dresses. And do you go in and do you go in? Yeah, they look fabulous. And do you go in then for the Christmas dinner in the afternoon to the hotel restaurant? <laughs> Um, if you want to have your Christmas dinner in the lobby, you can ha- you can have your Christmas dinner anywhere in the Brehan. All right. So you've been but, to the Brehan. Uh, the Radisson. You've been to the Radisson. Yeah. fabulous. And when you go to the Radisson for Christmas dinner, is it inside in the dining room with other people? Would you see other individuals oh, on their yeah, own there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all kicks off um, in the just at dinner time or whatever, maybe two two o'clock. And it's it's really really nice. Yeah, it's really, it's lovely. I, I'm not sure if they're open this year. I haven't even. I'll, I'll, I actually would love to know exactly how many places are open this Christmas day. But when you're there, would you see other individuals on their own there? Yes, I just actually uh, met the actually the girl that sat beside me the last day. Um, um, she had her. <laughs> she had enough. Um, in a tub to take home for her evening meal, but um, we like, we got on grand, you know. So I just, I actually just texted her there, um, like because she be she's from down Kerry side. So she might be she might be around on Christmas Day. Do you think she might? Uh, I don't know. I know that that's two years ago. Like last year, I just suffered on. Like you did know. you just stay at home last Christmas but, Day? Yeah, yeah. Did you just, cook? Did you cook anything last Christmas Day? No, no. Was it a no, long old just day? Whatever. No, 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 no. Nothing. Just the, only that. Well, anything that was there. Do you know? <laughs> noodles. <laughs> oh dear. How sad is that? <laughs> I know. I know. You just didn't have. You just didn't have the urge. Like you just didn't have the. Well, I, I, I just. Um, I was just You didn't have the heart like you didn't have the heart wasn't in it. Yeah, yeah, the heart wasn't in it like and um uh, like you could I can see everybody else getting on with it, but I just I'm struggling at the moment with it because uh, I just don't want to be on my own this Christmas, you know. And what's life like the rest of the year? Are you on your own all year? Um 
No, no. It's no, just no, people no, no, on that day, friends. people are busy doing their own thing. Everybody's doing their, everybody's um, going to their own families. Going to go into that aspect of your life. I'm not being disrespectful to you. I understand. But, but, fam- understand. but family law is a different area and title entirely. And of I'm very sad. I'm very sad to hear that, but I understand. Even without going into it, I won't go into it at all. Um, if, if you don't mind, is that all right with you? I won't go into it at all. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's about isolation and it's about loneliness, and it's an important yeah. day of the year for yeah. people to be with loved ones and family. Yeah. And, and you yeah. you won't be, and that's very sad. Um, do you, but you say you you don't are you do you work? I mean, do you get out and do you socialize with people? Is there any way you could maybe? Well, Bring up the conversation with with pals who mightn't have kids. Just as you said there, no, I don't want to get into what I do either. I don't, I don't right. work, but um, yeah, I I do I do other things. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just trying to work out a way that you could maybe bring it up with friends who themselves might be. It could be a a pal who's a couple. They don't have children. You know, they might have the dog, and they'd love to have you, and they don't know that you're you're alone. I know, I know. Yeah, no, I am, I am, I'm on my own and that's it. Yeah. And how would you feel if somebody were to call and offer you uh, an opportunity to go and have Christmas dinner with them? Yeah, that'd be nice, sorry. Yeah. Well, you know, you never, nice. you, you never, you never know. Let me, let me just see what's happening here. Bernice, good morning. Morning, boy, morning. I'm Grant. We were talking earlier on about loneliness, particularly on, on Christmas Day. Um, and you heard Linda's story, yeah? Yes, horrible. It is. I'd be lonely because we don't in Australia, we'd be bored in. And, you know, I'd be so lonely for her. Just move, around, just move around a little bit there, Bernice. Now, Bernice, of course, probably has the biggest Christmas hampers you've ever seen. And they go to Australia every year. Um, and she's been on the air with me on a number of occasions. So, are you, are you, are you asking Linda whether she'd like to go and have dinner with you? Are you in the city or are you in the county or where are you, Linda? I'm I'm close enough to the city, yeah. all right, Clive. Yeah, yeah. You're, I think you're you're an Ari, are you Bernice? You're an Ari, I think. I am by full and bright group. I can say it's a dinner and send it to her. You see like that. And I can go down with the dinner like Oh God. The entire dinner, the whole trimmings, a north side Christmas dinner. How would you like that? That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. it would be lovely, but I think it's the company she'd want. On you know, is that what you're talking about, Linda? A bit of company. Yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah. It's 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 half an hour. What? It was a day for half an hour. I can tell what my grandson got for presenting. <laughs> I can only twenty minutes from the city, so. Well, if of. if nothing else, and I'm quite sure that other people will be in touch. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. But if nothing else, Bernice has a Christmas dinner for you anyway. It's a good start. Oh, thanks. Who'll be with you? And so Bern- are they all away, Bernice? Are they? Well, I, my daughter's here. My grandson is here. So, and myself and oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. All right. So, I talk to one to you so I can take up a dinner, full dinner, a dessert and a soup. 
Oh, that's the kindest, most, that's the sweetest thing ever. And a box of chocolates for afterwards. And a box of chocolates. You wouldn't throw in a, you wouldn't throw in a, bottle, of, a bottle of red wine, would you, Bernice, as well? Maybe. Oh, she doesn't have. Oh, Neil, she doesn't have to. Oh, don't worry about. It. They're very gen- they're very generous on the north side. She won't mind. We we'll get we we'll get the bottle of red wine. As you say, Cork people are great. Well, listen. If not, thanks, Bernice. Thanks, no doubt. I'll be talking I to you this I'll side of Christmas. I've enough family, so we we we'll get there. Right, if we find out her name, just for me. All right, girl. Okay, stay in touch. Stay in touch. I'll be back to you. All right, bye. Linda, that's a lovely start. Um, you know, maybe no, they Neil, might. You did say um how how kind Cork people are when you were talking about in the skillet and we are we are Cork yeah. people and we are very proud yeah yeah yeah, so. yeah. I hope it gets better oh. for you I mean that's an offer of Christmas dinner at least delivered and you'll have some lovely beautiful food but I have a feeling it's the company that you um that you lack yeah you know yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so it's just company yeah. if, if yeah. somebody if somebody has a plate at the table I'll let you know but it would be great if you okay. could work it lots of offers coming in uh, for dinner and for company lots of them um, just give me oh some time God. to let me just give some time to gather my breath here and take a look at exactly the type of texts that are coming in we'll come back after the break text 086 text and whatsapp 086-8104-106 Cork's Red FM and you can text 086-8104-106 uh, it's, it's an interesting one here Mary says to be honest with you Neil I love my own company on Christmas Day I'm 75 but for some reason I'm having an invasion from my family this year uh, they must think that I'm going to die, says Mary. Well, that's lovely. It's nice to have family coming around. But Linda said in her text to me, I'll be on my own. She says, all my friends think I'm staying with other friends. I was with a friend years ago, but I just don't want anyone pitting me anymore or feeling like people are putting me up because they have to. I'll probably spend most of the day sleeping and just hoping the day will end as soon as possible. So I'm seeing quite an amount of text coming in on this. Lots of offers coming in from people for, for company or indeed for Christmas dinner. Another woman in a similar position and wants to buddy up for Christmas lunch, perhaps. So that's interesting, isn't Lindy? You're not alone in that regard. There's somebody else who shares similar kinds of Christmas days to you. What do you think of that? And also, I think I see a garden goodness come in. I see Michael and the gang out in Douglas Court saying, we can provide a Christmas gift hamper to your caller, Linda, on the air at the moment, and we can deliver to the lady out to her or indeed to you at Red FM. Garden goodness are a great bunch of people and garden goodness often, well, for many years now, have been delivering um, the first run of East Cork spuds to me in May every year you're in and you're out. So that's a lovely gesture as well. And thank you for it. So I'll get an idea as to exactly what's coming in by text there with regards to uh, Linda and I'll pick it up on it again. But lots of people. I mean, we got talking about isolation on Christmas morning or indeed, you know, loneliness in people's lives. And much of it came from Charlie's Bar and Ennis Gillen and the video they put up. Here's a few texts on that one. I loved the old lonely elderly man advert. It's beautiful and heart-wrenching and it just shows that loneliness is real and it just doesn't affect the old. It's all age groups. I think too that the young couple are wonderful to sit down with him and to talk to him. Well done. And the little dog as well, Sissy the dog. I'm assuming at most, uh, you know, I'm assuming that most of you have seen it by now. It's up my Instagram page if you want to have a look at the, the video itself. Uh, that ad is the best, says Eilish. We got talking about other topics then regarding, because Charlie's bar up in Enniskillen has a big 
open fire, a big blazing fire. And I was asking about pubs across Cork that have opened fires across the uh, across the winter. And the response was enormous. The spreading chestnut in Cladove has two open fires. The Spaniard in Kinsale has two open fires in the bar alone. Two lovely pubs in East Cork that have opened fires, Neil. Rosie's in Ahada and Ampokabwila in Ballinrostig, says Linda in Saline. The Ramble Inn in Halfway has a great big open fire, very cosy on a winter's afternoon. And here's another few. A bar with a cosy fire and a great atmosphere is Omani's Bar, also known as Buddies in Noosestown. The double county senior A champions, don't you know? The stables... The Gaelic and the Corner House in Carrigaline all have open fires, says Marion. Hickey's Bar in Drumahan and Mallow is an open fire. The Brewery Bar in Clonakilty, a beautiful fire from first thing in the morning to last thing at night. It makes such a difference, doesn't it? And I know it's an expense to the public house, but it makes such a difference. And it's awful, actually, to go into a pub or a place like that or a pub that does food or a gastro pub and see a huge big fireplace in the wintertime and it's not lit. The Hammers and Passage is an open fire all day. Um, is it the Hammers? Or Gamers is a nickname on the bar. The real name is Barry's. It's been family owned for, de- for decades. Timmy in the Widows in Glanmire always has a great open fire. I popped my head in there once and it did have a big roaring fire. I can stand over that one. Teddy Curtains in Clon... What's this? Clon Bannon Cross has an open fire. My local country pub. Where is Clon Bannon Cross? Ryan's Bar in Casement Square in Cove. A lovely open fire lighting every day. I was in there last night and the fire was blazing, says Aline in Cove. Uh, the Porter House in Cloyne. Great name for a pub. What a fireplace, says Patrick Bar- in Bartlemy. I work in the local on Military Hill. We have an open fire that everybody loves. Not to mind uh, then that uh, Dennis, one of the lads that works with us, anytime he's working, you have to hide the coal. The boy throws three buckets in at a time. We always say that he's all, all he's short is throwing the bar stools and the tables into the fire as well. <laughs> uh, one or two more here. The big tree in uh, Ahern. Ahern? I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I discovered a beautiful garden centre and cafe called Claren Bridge Garden Centre between Yall and Ardmore during lockdown. It's so beautiful and has fantastic food. I went there for lunch yesterday. It was a miserable day to be greeted by the loveliest staff and an open fire. Bush's Bar in Baltimore calling. An open fire and the best toasty, says Stephen. I can stand over the toasty. I had one of them years ago. Super duper. Padjo's Bar in Timaleague is the best open fire. It would heat the village with the size of it. The Maple Leaf in Black Rock is an open fire, Neil. The best open fire to be found is the Wayside Inn in Claro. There's just reams and reams of them. I'll stop after this one and come back to more later. Hearty's Bar in Cloyne has a traditional fire stove lighting every day, burning coal and blocks. And the further out into the countryside you go, of course, the more chances you are to have a turf fire. So keep those coming. Text 0868104106. On Linda, who will be alone for Christmas Day unless nothing changes. I'm living in Kanturk and that lady is more than welcome to come and join our table on Christmas Day for dinner. It's just my daughter and myself and there's a chair at the table for her for sure if she would like it. I don't know if she's still contactable, Linda, but I certainly hope she's she's listening and hears all of the lovely texts. Caroline rang and said that she will collect Linda from her home and she can go to them for dinner. She'll even buy a present under the tree for her on Christmas morning. She says, we're in Knocknahini on Christmas Day. We play Christmas games all day. She will love our company. Uh, just wondering if there was somewhere like a club like the Irish Centre in Kilburn has. 
it's a great place. They have food and music all over Christmas for older Irish people or anybody who's on their own. It would be great if there was something like that here, uh, like Westgate in Ballincollig. Uh, loneliness, Neil, is a killer, says Marie in beautiful Clon. I don't know. I don't know, but I certainly do know that one organisation that will be providing an awful lot of Christmas dinners on Christmas morning will, of course, be uh, Katrina Toomey and all our workers and volunteers at Penny Dinners. I'd love to call to that lady if she was open to it on Christmas Day or even Christmas afternoon, even for an hour or two company. My younger boys are four-year-old twins and I would hate to think that you would be alone this year for the whole day like this. Uh, and just another few. This lady can come to me if she likes. You can give her my number. Ronnie is my name. I'll invite her on Christmas Eve and she can stay with me for a few days. Uh, I know only too well how she's feeling, says Veronica, also known as Ronnie. She can come to my place in Gronabraher. We have a madhouse. She'll want to get home after the full day, says Teresa Payton. Um, and one more for now I'd love to meet that lady for a coffee and a chat if she's free one day in the city feel free to give her my number please don't give her my details on air but I would love to help and that's just a selection of lovely lovely contributions and people who want to help Linda who will be alone hopefully not on Christmas day keep them coming text 0868104106 so lots more on that between now and midday but back to the phone lines phone lines we go Anthony good morning Good morning, Neil. I'm doing, I'm doing my best to get through as many texts and emails as I can from Friday's programme, so I'll endeavour to continue to do that. But you wanted to pick up on that point, wasn't it? Yes, I, I, well, I kind of think what's happened, it, it doesn't surprise me, and I think it will happen again, and it'll probably happen here in Cork, unfortunately. We have to face the reality of it, because people, when they feel, uh, Irish people feel disenfranchised, they feel they're not being listened to, they they get frustrated and of course you get the extremes then like happened on Thursday night but it's kind of, in a way it's sort of understandable because what? I mean what really I mean like my, yes. like anybody that's disenfranchised or feels as if they're being forgotten about has a right to be angry but do you think that anybody who legitimately has a cause like that would take to losing well, I don't agree with that, of course. I don't, I don't, I don't condone what happened. I don't condone that. But what's happening is, and I look at it from both sides of the, the, the story, what's happening is there's 500 Ukrainian people a week coming into this country non-stop and there's no stop to it. I understand that. And people and are no livid over the fact go. that they're going home for Christmas. I understand that. I know. I get it. But, but it's giving them false hope as well. And what's happened now, I have friends from other countries. I have a friend from Afghanistan. I have a friend from Africa. And they said, we were in direct provision for nearly 10 years. Yeah. And we were given 45 euros a week. And now these people are coming from the Ukraine they step off the plane and they're handed a medical card and full social welfare and housing as well. Mm. Mm. And you know, it, boy, it's coming to the stage now, Neil, where it's absolutely, this this country is toxic. It's a time bomb waiting to go off. Because now actually the people that come here looking for sanctuary and looking for help are turning on each other as well. Do you think that for, for that in some cases like this, when we hear you know conversations like your, like yours and other texts that are you know maybe pushing back against my narrative on Friday, that those that are labelled far right to some extent were right. 
Um, I don't like that term, far right. What What is far right? Um, so who's going to define what far right is? Is it someone that just doesn't agree with the government? Is, does that make a person far right? No, no that, w- that wouldn't. No, not necessarily. But um, we we have a, a number of, I think the latest one now is uh, is in Holland, is it? The Netherlands just elected a far right government, didn't they? I read that at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. you'd have Italy and other countries like that would be uh, deemed, and and they and to one of their and, and actually the UK is becoming that way as well. Even the Conservative Party is starting to. They're not far right. Don't get me wrong, uh, but uh, more and more countries now are pushing back against open borders yeah. and uncontrolled migration. That would be one of the main platforms, anyway. Yes, you're right. And you see, need what I want to say. I'm not far right, but what I'm trying to say is. We cannot sustain this. We cannot have 500 people a week coming over here and they're going to be living in tents, giving them false hope. And it just, it can't, it can't go on any longer. And then you have people in direct provision for over a decade, maybe longer, and they get 45 euros a week and they see people coming from the Ukraine and they're getting everything handed to them, even houses. And so the impact then on our housing, the impact on our health service, the impact on our schools, crash facilities, yeah. uh, all, all sorts of things like that, government services, waiting lists, delays, all of that is impacted by Ukrainian war refugees. Of course it is. I, I thought the argument was against undocumented men coming from countries that aren't at war. I thought that was the problem. Well, now we're dealing with a different baby. Now we're dealing with a different, a different, a different kind of scenario, and it, it's it's just it, it can't it has to stop. Well, you see, Pushka Pushka moved it to a new level now. You know, he had previous in his own country. He came here, never worked a day in his life for ten years. Managed to have five children. Himself and his wife lived in a five bed house provided by a county council. Got every single welfare benefit going. Never did a tap, and then murders Ashling Murphy. Yes. Yes, and he should have been deported because he had previous. We know what he did before. And why should the Irish taxpayer pay for his time in prison? He should have been deported back to where he came from and stay there. You know, I mean, that's what people are kind of getting fed up with. And that's why people are disillusioned. They're angry. They're fed up. They kind of think, what is going on in this country? I un- and I and I I understand all that and I share that frustration and anger, um, but I I fail to understand why people accuse me of not seeing and joining the dots that the riots are part of that. I, am, am I just stupid or what? No, I think no. You're fair and you're balanced. You always have been. To be fair, you are fair and balanced. But I just I don't know. It's just when you hear that things like. I think it was, I, I don't know if it was on your show, maybe it was another show, but Giaul is destroyed because of all the hotels and all the bed and breakfast taken up by people. And Well, there are supposedly some very unsavoury characters around. You about Killarney. Yeah, I was going to mention that. There, yeah, there are some very unsavoury characters knocking around Killarney by all accounts and, um, and, and yeah. locals are none too happy or feel quite unsafe. But somebody said to me by text, the same happened for Black Lives Matters. Why can't you see that looting is part of the riot, is part of the protest? 
Well, I don't agree with looting now, to be quite honest. No, there's no need for that. You can go out and you can protest and you can argue your point, but there's no need for looting because that's just honest business people trying to run a shop, run their business and affecting their lives. You you don't have a right to do that. Do you believe so? Therefore, that we're no longer a place of sanctuary now. We can't do any more. How can we be? How can we be, Neil? 500 people a week coming from the Ukraine, 500 to 600 a week coming non-stop, non-stop, and it's not stopping. There's nowhere for them to go. The ones that are here already, they're, they were told they were going to live in tents over Christmas. Okay. okay. So, like, we're giving people false hope. I'm looking at it from both sides. I think you cannot bring people into this country and give them false hope that they're going to have a good life, they'll have a nice time. They don't. They're suffering as well. Okay. So I look at it from both sides. Okay, let me get some more calls, texts and comments as always. Talk to you before Christmas, hopefully, Anthony. Stay in touch. Text 0868104106. Back after 11. Now. Show. Red FM. With Panto tickets right across the week for Jack and the Beanstalk at the Cork Opera House and Red FM are proud media partners. It runs from the 2nd of December to the 21st of January and of course the Panto is for all ages. You've got Jack and Jill and Patsy the Cow and a rollicking um, night's entertainment or matinee for that matter with Nanny Nelly and the crew so tickets are available if you want to buy them including family tickets and family prices www.corkoperahouse.ie or call in the old fashioned way and buy them at the box office proudly sponsored by Skechers so we have family passes to give away right across the week it's a cue to call for you a bit of an old fee-fi-fo-fum with Jack and the Beanstalk so a cue to call today's actually tomorrow we might actually do a fee-fi-fo-fum as Jack climbs the Beanstalk and gets up to all sorts of mischief but for today between now and midday you're listening out for this piece of Nanny Nelly audio don't call just yet no it's locked again guys Telling you, there's a, ghost, there's a ghost in the machine. I swear to God, there really and truly is. That's completely locked solid now. I have no idea why this happens. I think I'd maybe try and close that. Ah, it should be okay now. Hold on. Magic beans. Did you ever hear the likes of it? All right, so don't call just yet, but when you hear this again. Magic beans. Did you ever hear the likes of it? You dirty looking idiot. <laughs> Caller 9, when you hear that again, wins a family pass for Jack and the Beanstalk. Uh, curtain up December 2nd. So you listen up for that between now and midday today. And if that wasn't enough for you, and I see the text coming in thick and fast, we have 300 euro gift cards to give away for Hanley's uh, every day this week. And Hanley's, of course, continue to look after every single thing you need to make the house beautiful and Christmassy. And they've got the widest range of everything and anything for the home, indoors and outdoors uh, at uh, the Hanley's Christmas shop, which is now open just off the Kinsale Road roundabout. So a 300 euro gift voucher every day this week. But we want you to nominate someone who you think deserves it. I'm quite sure there'll be some witty individuals be nominating themselves and telling me why they deserve it too. But like friend, family member, a group, a charity or an organisation, tell us who you would like to nominate for the €300 Henley's gift card. Tell us why. Text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. Right, uh, to the phone lines we go. Mary, good morning. So one of the talking... Can you hear me okay, Mary? Yeah. One of the talking points this morning is uh, facial recognition. Um, we're all stumbled water cannons. So, what do you make of facial recognition? 
I think it's nearly funny. I think it's nearly a joke because, as I was saying to your your operator, you know, they were wearing face cams when they murdered George Floyd. So these angry people, they're not going to care if their face is seen as cameras all over Dublin, as everyone knows. But if 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 a face is seen, if a face, yeah, but if somebody's face is seen, right? And let's say they're attacking someone or attacking a premises or looting, and they've known they're known to guardian of previous. The facial camera will identify their name, address, and everything that the guards need to know about them. Yeah, but like, how many of how what percentage were looting compared to the angry, hurting Irish? You know, those small maybe. There's always going to be the crowd that wants an excuse to attack the guards and do that horrific thing, putting a bag into the back of the car, you know. The box, the big lighting box, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they enjoy that sort of thing. It's not going to deter them. And like I said, this constant band-aid that the world does to problems, that every government does to problems, is like a house. This house needs a foundation. If the foundation isn't right, the houses are going to stand you know, and we need to go to roots of problems. So you don't want, you, you wouldn't want all of those that engaged in that kind of behaviour on Thursday night rounded up, no, or prosecuted? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, my heart breaks the the people that own the shops. But I know um, a, vet, a, a person who does the markets all around the country. Um, he's not going back to Glengarris this year. He said, like, I asked him why he wasn't going back. He said, because the hotels are closed, there's no business. He surprisingly then headed off to Killarney to get no business. Apparently the horse, you know, the the tours and everything, horses were standing there. The the whole um, of the industry of tourism is under threat. Yeah, but it is the the back end of November, like the month of all souls. It's a quiet old month at the best of times, you know? But like I was saying to your, I was 11 years old on O'Connell Street when the riots broke out with my mother. What what riots now is this? I think you were talking about um, uh, 81 after the uh, death of Bobby Sands, was it? I was on O'Connell Street with my mother and my baby sister who hadn't turned a year old at that stage. And um, the riots broke out, and I remember where we were, and I remember running. And But there was kind of a level back in uh, around that time to expect Ireland to erupt with the, the prisoners. You know, I was a child that experienced the north of Ireland, you know. Um, so when the riots broke out in the 80s, there was, there's not the understanding for these riots now as they were for the riots in the 80s. And it's the same, it's Irish people hurting. Then, yeah, of course, there's the mob issue that is disgusting and counter-effective for people who are trying to make a living. Well, you see, what happens yeah. now with things like that on Thursday night is it will dissuade people who want to protest or who want to rally peacefully from doing so because they're afraid perhaps in the future to do it that it could turn nasty yeah but what about like there was middle class people involved in the riots 
people who have businesses that are having to close them down because of what I have a family member who had a shop. It's now closed down. The country is disappearing in front of our eyes. Everywhere that's boarded up that should, you know, open these places that are boarded up and derelict. We're not saying Ireland's always been such a welcoming country, you know. We're not. Far right, that is a term that, when have we heard that in Irish history? I think, I think, I think... This is this is oh yeah we're 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 in a new place now we really are it, it get you know the heat has turned up all of the time now um, and I think the term far right gets I think everybody gets labelled incorrectly as being far right if they are worried or if they are frustrated or feel disenfranchised or forgotten about that doesn't make you far right it doesn't no yeah. but we're being labelled as as far right where I I don't remember in my 53 years hearing that term being used in our news we were always welcoming and we still are we just people the ordinary Irish people are hurting when they hear of Pushka the week before with a five bedroom house I've only just been housed at my age Mm. I've watched other people it's not made me bitter or anything Mm. you know but I do understand how how people could be made bitter I can, I can too, and um, and it, and it's hard not to feel bitter or angry when you hear of the likes of somebody like Pushka coming over here with previous convictions, and yet being handed everything on a silver platter, never having to contribute nor work, but yet has a, a five-bedroom council house and rears a family with all of the benefits. I mean, is it any wonder that people? People are wonder why people get angry? No, 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 no. What the rioters, the looters? Not the looters, yeah. not the looters, yeah. that's unacceptable. Okay. You don't, if you're protesting for the Irish people trying to survive in this country, you don't harm them. But there's the root of the problem is not body cams. The root of the problem is to go find these people who are hurting and help them. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Mary. You can't blame the government nor the guards for the actions of scumbags. They did all they could with the resources they had on Thursday. It's the courts, though, that need updating on offences. I see scumbags every day doing what they want and when they want. I'd say the guards are sick of dealing with the same people only weeks, in some cases days after their arrest and court appearance. They're at it again. Time, Neil, should mean time, not suspended sentences. My prayers obviously go out to the victims and families of the kids and the carer and the emergency services and what they had to deal with. Any of those arrested, if on the dole, should be taken off it. Um, And if any of them work, but it's unlikely, uh, they should be fired from their jobs. Can't come on air, apart from the fact that I have to go to work. But as a bus errand driver, we're not allowed to speak openly about what we see or how we feel about it every single day. The frustration comes from foreign people being left into the country unvetted. Simple as. These unvetted refugees are doing despicable acts and that you are honing in on people looting is a disgrace. I don't know, wh- I don't know why. I mean, there was looting. Yeah, I'm quite sure that those that were looting were from lots of different countries besides being Irish born I'm not suggesting that it was all Irish people what do you think is the important topic here Neil the looting wouldn't have happened um, if that yoke didn't stab innocent children 
What do you think the solution is? What would you do? It's terrible what happened in Dublin to those children. The riots that followed were also terrible, but I'm only surprised that they didn't happen sooner. There's real tangible anger in our society at the levels of immigration and the effect it is having on the indigenous population. I can tell you one thing, it's going to get right. One worse, I should say. One final one. My blood is boiling listening to you, as well as the news reports. The main story is the thugs and rioting. Secondary to this is the stabbing of those poor innocent children. As it was transpiring and that it was a foreign national, I said to family members, you wait and they'll throw out the mental health issue card because of the nationality of the perpetrator. And lo and behold, there you go. As soon as I saw the footage of the rioting and the looting, I said to myself, you bloody idiots. Uh, what should now be a conversation about our borders and immigration has changed instead to looters, rioting and lawlessness in Dublin. I can just imagine our government, Drew Harris and Helen McEntee, breathing a sigh of relief that the rioting has taken the focus away from the real issue here. And I'll bet that this guy was probably here 20 years. Even the news reports, um, the top story was the rioting as opposed to the real issues. It's nothing short of disgraceful. Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Johnny's standing by. So is Jim after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. Yes, indeed. Pick up the phone. 0818104106. Johnny, good morning. How are we doing, Neil? Thanks for your text. Appreciate you coming on the air. What's on your mind? No, Neil, it was just like, because you, you, I've been at you a few times before, and... Yeah. Them, the protest up in Dublin the other night, like, that was disgraceful, Neil. It was disgraceful. But it was a minority of the group that was doing all the vandalising and stuff. It wasn't the whole lot of the four or five thousand people that were up there, like. Were you there? I, I could only no, go I by what... Yeah. I was only watching on the live streams on my phone. Yeah, I saw a lot of and those myself, yeah, yeah. As you said, we can't paint all these migrants and foreigners with the one brush coming into the country. So why are they painting all that? People are protesting with the one brush. Okay. So were, were there peaceful protests? There, were, there was a peaceful protest. It was arranged. Like, I seen a message in a group saying we were starting a protest. But about three, four or five o'clock, that protest started. But by seven or eight o'clock, all these scumbags came in and joined into it, Neil. And there, you could see, like, even in the live streams, you could see. They stood out, like, sort of, they were all wearing balaclavas. They were all going around. Like, just poor little scumbags. If we had, like... It was a big group of people now, but we had protests in Tony and there's two, three hundred maybe yeah. people turn up. Yeah. And we're saying, like, if half of these people turned up to all protests, maybe we would have got the news and, out there. And in, fa- in spite year. of the fact not everybody, when you have a protest, there were counter protests on Lisa, they get that. But by and large, I mean, there was the odd bit of bargy bargy and a bit of shouting here and there. Oh, but sure, but, but, but other that, than that, they were, they were, they were, they were reasonably, they were peaceful, right? And they always, they mainly are, they mainly are, have to admit. Fine, it was a but little like, bit of argy-bargin and, you know, knocking things out of people's hands and name-calling. Well, we're protesting, this is what I wanted to come on for. We've been out protesting, I, I didn't start protesting myself only till about two years ago. And we're trying to make people aware, aware about unvetted people, and even not all unvetted, like criminals, are criminals, we have our own criminals here, Neil, and like, we can't, we can't say like, everyone coming in is a criminal, because they're not. But it's like we're just trying to make people aware the last two years that there is men coming into this country that are unvetted and this man is here for 20 years, you said, so he's here a long time, so you can't say he's a, just after coming off the plane or something like But what we're trying to make people aware of, Neil, the last two years is that the dangers are coming. We've seen in France, we've seen in Sweden, we've seen in Italy, you know, and 
No, it's here in so Ireland. Why then, when you when you put it like that, do people throw out terms like far right, Nazi, fascist? <laughs> I actually don't understand the need to be honest. By like far right, I I I've been called far right. I've been called a Nazi. I've been called it. I've been called so many names Neil, in the last year and a half. Like and like some people, I don't care. People call me names. So I sticks and stones like to me, but like. Well, well, I'm a concerned parent. I think if I didn't have a child, Neil, I don't think I'd be even protesting, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, it's, it's just my, I'm worried about my child, my nephews, my nieces growing did up you, 10 we, years from now. Had you been thinking about that? It will take a child killed or injured Neil, for... If you, if you go onto my Facebook page, Neil, go back a year, go back a year and a half and look at all the things I was sharing. I said, it's coming, it's coming. And now it's here. Do you know? Like we're like, and we're the we're the we're the far right, we're the Nazis. Then for trying to make people aware of what's coming down the line. Like. Well, in in the case of what happened on Thursday, that's an awful, awful tragedy. We don't know. Uh, Neil, I tell you, I was watching, I was we watching um, stuff out me shed. I, I was cleaning up the back garden when it happened by, and I was out in the shed thinking that could be my child. My child is five years of age, and I nearly started bawling, crying by myself. It's like I say, imagine the parents of them kids. You know, like you wouldn't wish them your worst enemy, Neil. But then, it, then it, Kaya, the it took a Brazilian delivery driver, and notwithstanding there were other people came as well uh, to yeah, assist I, too. But it, it took a Brazilian delivery driver to jump off his bike and um, intervene and intervene and clatter him as with well the helmet. As a woman, this woman actually never came forward. Yes, that um, kicked the knife away from the the man's hand while another man. Before the delivery driver came, another man actually got him onto the ground. You see, Warren, and I think his name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this woman that didn't come forward, yes, kicked the knife away. And then the delivery driver got off his bike and gave him some bashing with his helmet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And fair dues to him though, because like you don't know what, like you could have got into shocks. Some people just go into shock and don't know what to do even in them times, like you know. But 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 how come? How come? Okay, but you're okay with the Brazilian delivery driver working here? I have, I have Polish friends. I have, I, okay. I, 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 when I was in school, I had three coloured people in my class, and I still good friends with two of them. And that's ten years ago. You know, we have people coming. We need foreign nationals in this country. We need because Ireland wants to grow. The population needs to grow, Neil, but it needs to grow safely. So the, the 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 main platform should always be undocumented males, is it? Well, Neil, the minute you start going on about Ukrainian refugees or this book is gay women, or outside the kids, library, at the start, women and kids are coming here. We opened up, we opened our hands, we opened our doors. No matter what, we actually welcomed every single one of them in openly. But then we've seen hotels being filled with men, hotels being filled with men, no women and kids, like. They lie to us, Neil. That's what they don't like. And like we're we're saying, like where are all these men coming from, Neil? Yeah. Some of them are saying they came from England. Some of them came from France. Yeah. They're safe countries. They shouldn't be like the first. If you're coming from a, a war zone country, the first safe country you come to is where you're meant to stay. Well, I don't. Ha- I I did. I dealt very much with that topic last about week ten days ago, and I gave out the statistics of the amount of people who are coming to Ireland from another European Union country and Leo Varadkar actually said last week that there are too many coming bouncing from one to the other and Leo Varadkar said last week also that the attraction here is the, the benefits and the welfare payment and, and it's more I, attractive. Man came out after him saying no Leo's wrong <laughs> you know? uh, no we have to take them all and we have to bring them all and Leo then okay. said no I think it's time out that we should start cutting down and taking a look at the bigger point picture like here like because 
we we actually we we rang for as I said, ring for a doctor three weeks, ring try to get to South Dock. We went two three days to get to South Dock nearly like. Okay, okay. Let me. You know, let, like, and let, they want to bring in hundreds of thousands of people every year, like, and we don't have the facilities, Neil. Like, okay. Let me get some more calls on Johnny. Appreciate it as always, Jim. Standing by. Incidentally, something that we came across this morning before we came on air, and again, this is Dublin related. There's an area in Dublin that you would never ever want to be on, and that's Talbot Street. Man has been hospitalised following an incident involving multiple people, several of whom were armed with weapons last night on Talbot Street in Dublin. Uh, video clips circulating of the incident showing multiple people receiving blows, one person being stabbed in the abdomen area. I've seen the video actually of a fella lashing down on another individual with a machete. Afterwards, I believe it was a machete. Am I right when I say that? Uh, we, we pretty much saw a machete. Afterwards, one of, one, once both the victims and the man brandishing the weapon had fled, there was a pool of blood visible on the footpath. All, one of the weapons um, involved appeared to be a very long blade. So it's either a long blade or a machete or a sword type thing. Gardee's spokesperson said that they're investigating the assault that occurred on Talbot Street last night, around about 9.25pm. Um, and the video footage, of course, as usual, everything's captured on video. And that's yet another incident from the very unsafe streets of Dublin City. Text 0868104106. John is standing by. Jim first. Jim, good morning. How are you, Neil? Good. Go ahead. I, yeah, I just, just about John, what John was saying, that he's probably right there with John Decument, is, you know, the government won't deal with it. Um, they're not going to deal with it until Europe tells them to. Britain are trying to deal with it, and Ireland are voting against them at every corner they can. Britain are trying to remove undocumented people. That shouldn't be there. But we want to be very careful that this doesn't overlap into our communities, into, the, into our kids in schools, and our, and our, everyone that's out there moving here, the two million people that are now in Ireland, that we don't become racist because it is. Because I think that was the word xenophobia. I think we're kind of getting very close to that now, and we shouldn't. Um, and the government needs to deal with... Uh, th- th- these guys are just arriving from all over Europe. That needs to be done. And but we're not, in, we're, not, we're not in the Schengen zone, are we? Do you remember the Schengen vote from years ago uh, where it's the region of Europe where there are no border checks between countries? But we, we're we not. Actually, England we, and we Ireland actually, yeah, no. but So therefore, don't we have an element of independent control from the rest of Europe then if we're not in Schengen? But we have, which has not been implemented. Uh, the government isn't doing it. I don't know why. I don't know what Farak is up to, but they're certainly asleep on watch, um, and they're causing a lot of upset in the country. But like we have a lot, like we have a lot of racism in Ireland, and we want to be careful that this, what's happening with all these immigrants coming in, doesn't overlap on the people that are here walking here, you know, from all parts of the world who are having a good time here. That we don't become part of this, and that we don't end up like England, where it's automatic to be a racist, but you don't have to see it. That's where we're going, and we we shouldn't do that. Um, I mean, my wife was going through town last week, and I think there was four people are done by their own and they were shouting at school kids no I, I presume they're drunk or drugged but they started calling them monkeys that's all to carry on ah uh, really oh yeah well, that's just own. charming yeah they're yeah. kids but that's where well. they're the group that you would be saying should be in the town walking around I think they should be helped and taken off the streets but kids have to put up with this and we we shouldn't be going there you know that's not good enough why, why um, is it, though, that if, if you get on an airplane or you get off an airplane and you come back into Cork Airport, you're stopped and you are asked for your passport and you're asked for your boarding card? So why, why is that the case then? When others come into the country and they've destroyed their documentation, they're taken in and they're put up. Like, it's bizarre. Well, this, is, this, this, should, this should be thrown out straight away. If that's the government have not put the policies in place, they won't do it. I, I, that's for like, he's, 
it's just we shouldn't be here but this is happening throughout Europe so this must be a European directive no they're trying to cure it Germany's trying to cure it because they know they took in 1.2 million and they can't deal with it Sweden are the same England is trying to get rid of it Holland have had the vote now the people have spoken in Holland and I presume the people will speak here on the next election I, I presume Sinn Féin won't get a vote because they want everyone in so they won't get a vote they'll be gone out the next election this one item will kill them you know uh, we'll have to wait and see but you, you think xenophobia now if it ever was here and it, probably a bit of it it's uh, um, it's going to increase that's f- it's going to create and we got fear, f- fear of foreigners fear of foreigners yeah I mean you, you can see John Willie was a very reasonable man on the, on, on the phone he'd one item to, to sort out which was stop all the guys coming in at least document it like they're not refugees they're going to be here for the next 20-30 years like I suppose the guy that stabbed above in Dublin that man is here 20 years it's only in the next three months that we'll find out maybe he has other criminal activity done. Right now you can't find out. But you will find out. There's no way he's after spending 20 years here. No, 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 you can't, you can't say that. You're like, that's, oh, you're no, taking a complete no, flyer on something. Firstly, thank God we don't know who he is yet because you can't yeah. say that kind of a thing. I've no, I've no said, idea about him except the fact of what he's done and we have to wait yeah. and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we, like, has he integrated? No, no, no. no he, like, he forget about it. You know very well you can't even go there. You can't even go there, man. That's all. The way. We have to wait and see what investigations unfold. Right, Jim, stay in touch. Actually, talk about people shouting monkeys at people. It was my 19th birthday at the weekend. Me and my mam said we go into Cork instead of Dublin with all that's going on at the moment up there. We had a good time. We had a good time. We had a few bits and pieces. Um, did a bit of shopping. Started walking to the train station to go home. We were crossing the bridge across by the station and my mam said something that made me laugh. A junkie. Junkie is the terms that's used in the email. Passing us, heard us and thought I was laughing at her. She started chasing after us, shouting at us. She started threatening us and she hit my mam directly on the head. My poor mam got the worst fright. She's an older woman and she has some health conditions and a bad hip. She didn't feck off until I shouted at her and pushed her away. A group of men passed out, passed us while we were there watching all this happen and nobody helped intervene or anything. We're lucky she didn't have a knife on her. She was also with a man so I was scared if I hit her that he might get involved. There's some lack of guards around the place I can tell you. That was my experience on the weekend. Yeah, you were having a bit of a laugh and of course somebody passing you paranoid thought it was laughing at them and of course you weren't and she kicked off. Um, I'm not really the least bit surprised with the horrific events in Dublin. I also think it will happen again. It really is a result of people feeling feeling disenfranchised and of course some people will go to extremes unfortunately the ultimate blame lies at the foot of government how much longer are people going to take, be taken into the country when there is no accommodation for the people already living here? Apart from housing, our health and education systems and services are stretched to breaking point. Ultimately, we also haven't enough Gardaí. That is why riots like this can happen and will happen again. We need to stop offering sanctuary to people when we have none. And we need to stop treating people from other countries better than we treat Irish people. The game is already over with the government announcing restrictions on Ukrainians. Unfortunately, it's too little too late, says Tony. Keep those emails coming as well. Email neil at uh, redfm.ie. Now, just one quick call for now uh, and then more to come between now and midday. John, good morning. 
Morning, Neil. Okay, you have the floor. And again, I can't, I can't reference the knife attacker, so we have to be careful there. Go ahead. Okay, no, but well, you spoke to Jim there that we had no information. Well, Main Street Media has reported that uh, he had a, uh, what you call it, a pull from the Gardaí five months ago. That's on mainstream media. All right. I, so that's, I, I, no, I'm, I'm, so that's that, no secret. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. okay so yeah. no, I won't mention his name for obvious reasons. Yeah, don't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, the problem we, the, one of the problems we have is that the, the looters and the, and the thugs. That's what we, do, what we did know about that at the weekend was that he was charged with knife possession in May. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. So, well. like, uh, he was no stranger to a knife. Let me put it to you like that. So, uh, the thugs and the hooligans that decided they wanted to burn Dublin and terrorise the workers inside in shops, like, they have to go to jail if they're convicted of, of a crime. But now, we have a problem now because we have people here who are undocumented, who are also involved in this, and I want to know, uh, will they be uh, ejected from the country under our laws? Because they have now proven that they're not fit to be given uh, a passport or given the chance to take the, the oath of allegiance to our country. What were they part of? What were they doing? They were part of the rioting in Dublin and the looting. And you know that? Oh, I, I could give you a couple of names if you want them. Oh, fair enough. No, I mean, I'm just, uh, you're not making, I mean, you could, people can just throw out broad statements that no, you can't no, this, back no, up no, or no, fact this check. Is, this, is, this is not a wild accusation at all, as, as you would see as it unfolds. Okay, okay. Right, so I want to know, if these people are undocumented, are they going to be ejected from our country or is it going to be glossed over? We have to have law and order in the country and if we have one law in the country for the Irish people, that law is most certainly for anybody who wants to come into our country. You would start by not allowing the likes of Pushka into the country, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be a good place oh, well, to start well, well, yeah, before they well, get in at all? Yeah, right. yeah. Well, listen, he's he's not the first one to come in with with, with a record. No, but, no. But but I, but, I, but, I, but for the point of view of having to be balanced here, you will still find the worst of crimes as well in this country created and perpetrated by people born here. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, fair enough. But hold on a while now. There is no reason that anybody coming from a EU, uh, from a, 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 an EU country can't get a, a guard of a police clearance from their own country to say that they have no criminal convictions, that they have no sexual uh, uh, history against women or violence to women or children, and to bring in with them when they come to our borders. Mm. To, apply, to to come to live here. Mm. That's 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 a quite simple thing to do. It is very simple. Yeah, it. very simple. Yeah, and yeah. So, yeah. But why isn't our government working on the likes of this? Is only our common sense stuff now. If you okay. were bringing a dog into the country, you'd have to have a passport from you. You'd have to have the what you call it. You'd have to have a full mock up to to know that he, the dog was safe. But um, we have people coming from all over, all over the corners of Europe. So would you have, as are. they're discussing in the UK now, I think Boris Johnson was on about it at the weekend, to come in as a, a landed immigrant to work, say, for instance, you have to have a job that will pay you X amount of money and the job has to be there for you or you have to have some money in a bank account. That would make you an economic migrant looking for work. Would that be OK? Absolutely. Absolutely. But to see the thing about us... We've always had people in this country who have here who have been working under license to another company, and when their when their work uh, yeah. the contract finishes, they go back to their own country if they can't get another contract. Yeah. That's that's not a problem. But what if the no job? What if the job pays? Coming. What if the job pays crap money, where you actually then need the services of the state 
to prop you up, um, you know, that could be health or it could be welfare supplements or things like that. Should there be better jobs then as opposed to the jobs that an awful lot of people tend to come here to do? You know, your, your delivery drivers and things like that. Well, well, you see, this is this is a, this is a matter of commerce that has to be worked out. I, I suppose with the relevant with the relevant bodies. I mean, just people who came here under contract, and we found out that the companies closed and left them in the lurch. Well, you, well, like we we, we saw it with Brazilian workers who came in working in 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 meat processing factories, for instance. Shocking conditions, awful accommodation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe we'll, maybe I'm moving on to a different topic entirely. No, 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 no. Just look, it's all under the one umbrella. Because if we right. brought in people to work here legitimately and they're being abused, they, they, them companies have to be pursued by the government okay. and, and the relevant uh, uh, authorities so that uh, they never open up another business and they can't do it to anybody else. Okay, okay, okay. All right, stay in touch. Just uh, picking up on the point you made from the point of view of clarity, one of the topics that John brought up there was the um, man who um, allegedly did the stabbing, the multiple stabbing. He's in he's in hospital, as we know. He's the chief suspect, to be put a proper term on it, and the multiple stabbing that left a five-year-old girl still fighting for her life. He was arrested earlier this year for possession of a knife. Uh, it's a story from the Irish Daily Mail where they say the man, originally from Algeria, had been living in Ireland for the past two decades, took up Irish citizenship more than a decade ago, late 40s, came to guard attention several times in the past year. The latest incident involved possession of a knife as well as criminal damage to a car. He was taken to court on the charges but did not receive a conviction. The mail says he was not convicted due to a mental health report given to the court on his behalf. Uh, he was living in Dublin City Council hostel accommodation before he went on the rampage off Parnell Square on Thursday afternoon. Text 0868104106 back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. On the pony from this morning, buried in a graveyard, that pony was a devout Catholic. Leave him alone, says Sean and Douglas. A pure waste of taxpayers' money. A JCB would cost €25 Euro an hour to be up there, and the wages of the guy doing it, the councillor, a joke. Uh, what on earth is the problem with burying the horse in the cemetery? Anyway, it isn't is it isn't a dumping ground for dead animals. They buried him. Animals deserve respect as well. There's a fortune of Cork pubs right across the city, suburbs and county that light the fire in the wintertime. The Bellevue Bar and the Old Yall Road is an open fire. Hearty's Bar in Cloyne has a traditional one. The Inniscarra Bar is the best open fire. It's an original country bar with no frills, just good company and great crack. It looks It's looked after by Kay. Mind the chickens on the way in. The Greyhound Bar, Mary Ann and Dennis Deneen's Bar is the best. They also have a pool table, never mind the fire. The Ramble Inn and Halfway Ballonhasic has two fires. Smarts Bar and Ballonacurrig is a lovely fire. I would just like to say that I don't know much about pubs with fireplaces by an old magical place called The Workshop in Ballygarvan. They serve beautiful food, magnificent homemade cakes and a beautiful fire with soft old music playing in the background. Try it sometime. And Bradley's Bar and Barrack Street have a beautiful open fire and a great pint of Bamish. Actually, I should say Beamish because uh, I never usually say Beamish in real life. It's like Santa or Santa Claus. Actually, um, the, the jury's in on this and I feel vindicated, right? I have stopped correcting people's texts. If somebody types the word S-A-N-T-A, I will say Santa. I was accused and called out on this because I was changing it to Santi. But I can say, with my hand on my heart, it all kicked off when we were someone, people getting upset because I was changing the words. So we asked people online to vote. On Lee's side, is it Santa or Santi. And I have to tell you, the 65% of people who responded said on Lee's side, it will always be Santi. 65%.
you don't take my word for it put that in your pipe and smoke it now while all that is happening this is also happening boys and girls magic beans did you ever hear the likes of it magic beans did you ever hear the likes of it you know the drill get stuck in phone lines open 0818104106 it's that time of the year again when he puts on his own scenty hat he really is far from a scrooge he really is one of the most generous people on Leaside all year round, but extra generous at Christmas time. Joe from Joe's Hair Salon, the Christmas fundraiser is this coming Sunday. Joe, good morning. Good morning, Neil, my friend. The How clock are you? is ticking with all of the proceeds going for Edel House and Penny Dinners. So let's round the up the troops. Is. What do you need? Chicken Neil, we're having the party. We're having our usual crack. Over in Flannery's, are they putting up a big marquee for you? They are doing it outside. Yeah, they have a kind of smoking area which they're doing up, and we're doing up a grotto there for Santi. And um, we'll have face painting, we'll have presents for all the kids, and presents for all the mums. And they'll be going off them with their bags of stuff. And Santi Claus is coming. And Santi Claus is coming. He's arriving for 11 o'clock. And then there's haircuts over at Joe's, over and back and forth. There's hot food from Flannery's all day. What will the food be like? Old food is fab. They'll give you anything they want, but they do it for kids like sauces, goujons, things like that. Pizza. Yeah. Pizza and lots of customers then of mine and um, bake cakes and things like that. So we have loads of desserts. And you're, then you're, you're not in need of anything. You're all sorted, yeah? You know what we do need? We keep it going because we send them off for stuff and then anything left over, we bring it in to Coonley, Edel and Katrina and Penny Dinners. It's an amazing day. As you call him, my long-suffering husband is going <laughs> around there with me collecting uh, stuff from, you know, Johnos and Douglas and... Uh, O'Flynn's floor and all these people are amazing. Sean Murphy from Blazing. Jesus, um, Neely would not believe the support we get every year. It's fantastic. No. People we, are amazing. We need to get a big shout out for selection boxes, is it? Maybe selection boxes, boxes of celebrations, yeah. roses, yeah. heroes. Or even vouchers, Neely. People want to buy a few dinosaur vouchers. I can make them go off and buy kids something for Christmas if they're stuck because I'm getting a lot of phone calls from people that would normally know we'd do it but privately saying Joe any chance you'd help us out this year you know I even got one from a lady who has been in the hospital and she said look if you could help us out so I'd pay you back I said Jesus Carol what are you looking for the people that are calling for you just a bit of a dig out they're for looking for you know um really stuff to give their kids for Santa to pretend Santa came at home as oh, well right. yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't have the money or they don't have resources to do it so we will send you know the kids on the day we get something but mammies will get stuff going on okay. as well I haven't taken delivery of them yet but how how about a couple of turkey and hams because McCarthy's can McCarthy's yeah. meat market of course on Hawks Road will be giving me turkey and hams again this Christmas time. I put you down for a couple of those vouchers that you could pass on what do you think be brilliant Neil yeah and what we do one day we give all the mums and things a ticket as well and we have a kind of a fun rap you know guess what age Joe is without Botox or guess what age Joe would be with Botox what's wrong with men getting a bit of Botox or a bit of derma oh, work that's a whole new show oh, somebody, actually like, somebody was on to me last week offering me a bit of laser to try it out um, what do you think so, I should get it done I mean oh, why, I why not that, like because you got the eyebrows done. And you know another thing, Neil? Your hair is getting very fast for now in my place. You know, you've got curly hair. <laughs> I'm doing that now for the guys. You ever see the lads going on that's with curly the, hair on that's, what, that's hair fertiliser. It comes in a so small, you, um, squidgy you, bottle. You've stopped a whole new trend, Neil. You know that? <laughs> They're coming in for the Neil Prendable haircut. 
I don't think that it should be only women that are looking after. I mean, if you can get a bit of work done, takes 10 years off, you go for well, it. Well, my, my fellow that does my Botox gave me 100 euros on Sunday. He said, I didn't need Botox because my face is so swollen from steroids at the moment. <laughs> but then I was telling him about the charity and he gave me, Dr. Muhammad, he gave me 100 euros. Well, fair play to him. Fair play to him, Fair play to him. All right, so... He look- wouldn't give me the Botox, neither. So- <laughs> Well, you see, he's practicing proper medicine. You're just going to have to wait because you were through the horrors in hospital. So wait your time now. Make a full recovery. So what else then? So anything and anything, anything and everything that people could help with, whether it's a toy, vouchers for toys, chocolate, sweets, box. Yeah, go on. Absolutely. Now, we don't give kids pajamas in their presence box, but we send the mothers off for going to Dell House, Coonley, um, with pajamas. You see, Neil, if you leave a domestic situation, you leave with nothing. True. If you leave the mess of violent situation, so they're always saying, Joe, if you, you know, people always give me pajamas or things like that. A kid goes in then to Coney, there's a nice new pajamas waiting for me. It's a comfort thing, you know what I mean? Okay, can I just can I just put you on hold there for now? I'm going to put you back to Seamus, get a full list of everything as ideas. Ideas is what we're wanting. And then you to need, try. And you should call out on the day just to see what. I'll be in New York. Jesus, God bless you. I ever came on. That's what my cousin... Does cousin say to me, he's need friend of a level around? <laughs> I feel fierce guilty taking a few days off. Do you know that? I know, but a few customers have said it to me. Does he ever be around? Yeah, but I, hope you, I, know. I hope you back me up. All the time. All right. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, and anybody that can help and get this listener, I drive it on all week. I'm just slightly under pressure for now, but to drop it out to Joe's hair salon on the Glashine Road. Thanks, Neil. You're brilliant, my okay, friend. Okay, my man. Take Appreciate care. Take care. We'll talk again as the week goes on, all right? We'll talk again as the week goes on. Now, courtesy of ourselves and Hanley's of Cork, we have 300 euro Hanley's gift cards to give away every day this week. You can go out there, buy everything you need, anything Christmassy that you can think of, whether it's a tree, real or macchia, whether it's decorations or lights, indoor lighting, outdoor lighting, it's all there within everybody's price range. They have absolutely everything. Jim Hanley and the staff and Wendy put fierce work into it every Christmas time. More, you can give more details at handleysofcork.com. But I was asking for stories for people to nominate. Now, I got a lot of texts on it. It's going to be the morning before I start reading out the texts on this. But I do want to have a quick call uh, with Catherine, who should be, if I check my phone lines on line six. Catherine, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm Grant. I've only got about two and a half minutes, so use That's it wisely. Right? Who are you yeah. nominating and why? I'm nominating my mum, Nora, Driscoll and Chimalig, and my dad, Teddy. Why? To, because um, uh, they just have had a rough year. Um, mum's sister passed away there uh, at St. Bridget's Day in February. And dad's sister passed away the May Bank holiday weekend and her husband uh, died 59 hours later. So they had a double funeral and we had just a few other bits in during the year and all of that. So, so a lot of tragedy know, and loss of loved ones this yeah, year. Yeah, and it's just that mum had been saying, oh, I won't put up much this year now. But I was saying, you know, I pulled in, I was actually on night duty in CUMH last night and I was coming down by Uniskeen and I heard your competition and I said, I pulled in and I entered and here you are. As you're driving home to Skib, yeah. is it? Yes. Do you drive that road every? Do you drive that every day? I do. Well, I'm on four nights, so I have I have two nights and then I have two nights left. Should yeah. I cross? Should you're 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 back and forth to work is like four four and a half hours. Yes, that's it. <laughs> move up to. But you look, I, 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 either move up to Cork or move the hospital to Skib, one or the other. Come on. <laughs> anyway, did Mam say that she doesn't feel Christmassy? Is it? She doesn't feel Christmassy because of all the, the, everything during the year. 
she said I wouldn't put up much decorations and when I heard the competition I said well if she had a few more extra ones now it would be lovely and she might I think it would be a lovely thing to bring Nora into Hanley's and just get her to have an all look around with a voucher in her hand I guarantee you she wouldn't be long picking up things that would brighten the mood for her this Christmas time Exactly, exactly. It's what she needs. Okay, consider it done yeah. then. I got a 300 euro yeah. voucher for you for Henley's, all right? Yeah. Neil, thank you so much and all the staff on your show and everything. And I listen to you every morning. Well, thank you traveling. so much. Well yeah. done to you. And drive. Have a, a fabulous Christmas yourself. Thank all right, you drive so carefully now, all right? Don't go I nodding off to the wheel after your hard shift. 12 hours, I think, was it? I'm home. I'm in the bed now. I'm in the bed. I'm oh, ready to, to head off to sleep. Off thank to you the land so much. You're welcome. Morning to you and morning to you all down Skibway. We'll be giving these 300 euro vouchers right across the week. Uh, other people were saying, I'd love to nominate my mother Norma. Christmas time is very hard for us. She always says it's very lonesome as her parents are deceased. Growing up, they really didn't have anything and she worked from the age of 13, didn't get any secondary school education. She goes above and beyond for all of us in the family and she'd give you her last penny if you need it. She's a heart of gold. She still looks after her brother. Uh, he's a disability. She's always the mother figure in the family. Her own mother died at the age of 42. There were six young children to look after. My mum was the eldest. She did it all. She doesn't really put up decorations, but we tried to put up a few bits and pieces to make it a bit Christmassy. We'd love if she won something. They're the kind of text that I'm looking for. Thank you to Catherine from Mulcahy for texting in on that one. So text 086 There are 300 euro vouchers to give away, courtesy of ourselves and Hanley's, but we're asking you to nominate someone and tell us why. Can I also mention the happy return of our hampers overseas again this Christmas time, courtesy of ourselves and the Paddy Box. So if you have family overseas who won't be making it home, we're inviting you now. It's like calling people to board a flight. Um, we are inviting you now to email neil at redfm.ie. Tell us who we should be sending the hampers to and why. And don't forget your contact number. That's very important as well. And we'll get those calls on air and we'll get those hampers whisking like we do every Christmas. And we've been doing it for many, many years to the four corners of the globe. So email only on that one, neil at redfm.ie. Congratulations to Mark Sheehan and the family up in Ballyvalan. Panto winners for today, courtesy of ourselves in the Opera House, Jack and the Beanstalk. It's going to be a fantastic production at the Opera House this year and Curtain is up on the 2nd of December. We'll have more of those Panto tickets, family tickets, four included in the family pass right across the week. Our lines will stay open. You can pick up the phone on 0818 104 106, text 0868 104 106. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.